I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Gonna change the world with my hockey stick. Gonna make a real difference. Feed the poor and heal the Welcome back to another episode of the Puck Daddy Podcast. It's just me right now, just Hayden, because we had a guest on yesterday, and we ended up talking to her for over two hours, so we didn't have time to record anything other than the interview, but I thought I'd throw this in here to give you guys some context. We're having Rachel Dory on the pod. She's a sports data consultant. She does betting insights, someone you really don't want to have in your fantasy team. She's worked for the Vancouver Canucks, and quite frankly, she's probably too smart to be coming on this podcast, but we really had a great conversation with her, and I hope that you guys enjoy it. I'll get right into it. Welcome to the podcast, Rachel Dory. Let's go. Let's do a little round of applause. Thanks for coming on. What's happening, fellas? How are you? We're flowing today. We're flowing Master of analytics. (laughs) Yeah, we, it's, it's good every once in a while to have someone on the podcast that's smarter than us, <laughs> Yeah, and, and particularly Chippy, because he's got a big ego that uh, tends what? to... What? He's coming at me right now. <laughs> a big no. ego. I, just, I would say I'm, I'm very grounded, actually. I would say I don't have that big of an ego. No. I would We're say 14 to... seconds in, and there's chirping. I love it. I would it. say I, was, I came out of left field. I don't know where that came from, big ego. I would say I'm pretty grounded if you okay, listen to our let's, podcast. Let's look at the resume here. I'll put Bedard in a blender. Mitch Marner, I'd win in board battles. It's confident. That's confidence, and that's true. It's not an ego if it's That's facts. true. Did I not yeah. put... Oh, okay, yeah, I, yeah, true. Yeah. It that's, is true. That's fair. Honestly, yeah. I might give the edge to Chippy there. Honestly, like Might Rasmus Dalene, what would I do with him? Mm. Oh, yeah, the bar down challenge. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't he win? Who is? <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah. I, there's still some footage to be. Oh, to be okay. Unreleased out. stuff. Unreleased, Unreleased footage. Yeah. yeah. Well, you'll see. He got banned from posting one where he won. Yeah, exactly. He had to they didn't let me post it. it. They didn't let yeah. me post it. They're like, we have to make him look Wait, good. Wait, what? Well, he was trying to get that contract, right? <laughs> I know. His so, agent. He's like. So like if, they, if, if he's losing a chippy in a, in a little social media thing, it wouldn't have been too good. So. Well, but now he's, he's signing what, the 8 by 11? So he's, yeah. he's good. Yeah. He's so good Chippy's now. contract should be coming yeah, soon. So the video can be yeah. released now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on the pod today. Um, we don't want to take up too much of your time, but uh, why don't we start it off? How did you get into, of all things, hockey stats, data consultant, all that stuff? Yeah. We need a quick Just... breakdown for all the listeners who are not familiar with yeah. you. Like, who are you and what do you do? Yes. Yeah, so um, I went to school. I decided like I wanted to work in hockey when I was probably like 13 or 14. I was just like not good enough kind of to play at a professional league. And there was no professional women's league when I was young. So like, what are you going to look at? So I was like, okay, I'm a super big nerd. Always have been. I love math. 
So the Corsi Wars happened in 2013, which was my uh, summer going into university. The witch wars? So I was like, you know what? Gonna Before your time. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Advanced statistics. Corsi was this thing, and it was taking over hockey. Yes. Yeah, explain and what Corsi is. Steve Simmons was really well, angry let about it. Let her finish it. her story first. <laughs> oh, but, okay. We'll write that one down. We're going to so, write down Corsi. Yeah. <laughs> so then I go to school for sports business and decide I'm going to like really focus on the math part of it, start volunteering with the Sudbury Wolves OHL team, and then – just kind of keep working at it from there, right? Start. Then I go to New Jersey. I get hired by Ray Shiro and John Hines. Do a bunch of analytics stuff there. Mm-hmm. While I'm there, I decide I'm gonna go back to school. So I do my master's of analytics. Work at uh, the bank, like head office, while I'm doing my master's, um, and and kind of focus on like the draft and where there's weaknesses in player evaluation, things like that. And while I was doing that, I learned how to build a bunch of models. So basically, like learned how to code and right. really complex models and. Um, my mom works, uh, in like computer security. So I've always kind of been interested in AI. Mm. So started learning that. And now I built, um, I have an NFL model an MLB model and now an NHL model. That's like AI built that in just like live data and kind of spits out project projections on how good a player is and what their value is on any given game, as well as like betting lines. So yeah, that's like the. Cole's notes of of who I am. Crazy, you basically are basically a massive nerd. <laughs> but you're so far ahead. It, it seems like you're you're on the cutting edge. I think that's the hardest thing about like a lot of sports is they take so long to catch up. So they, uh, in a way, need someone like you, where you're just like, oh AI, oh like all these you know data models and stuff that you're making. It's you're you're ahead of the curve, really. Like, do you feel that something like this is going to be used more prominently, say, ten years from now, or like how long will it, will it take for them to adapt? I think, you know what, that's an interesting question because it depends on what sport you're talking about, right? With baseball, True. this stuff's already being used and there's people with PhDs from Harvard that work for baseball teams and like just obscenely smart, my head spins when I talk to them. But then you have people in hockey where it's like, if I say expected goals, like 12% of the people in the room like explode. They moan, and they then moan. You got, and then like you've got 50% of the people in the room that are like, okay, tell me what that is. Right. Um, and then you have like the other like 10, 20% that like kind of know what it is. Hockey so I is think- a very eye test first. And I, I think that we're the perfect examples of that. It's, it's an old boys club and they say, well, you haven't played. It's different. You're seeing tangible stuff like that. I think there, is hockey the most reluctant to advance stats. For sure. And that's, yeah, hockey is definitely most reluctant. That's why I always say like on my podcast, analytics are salad. So like if the eye test is lettuce and analytics, like numbers are dressing, you're not going to only eat lettuce because that's weird. And you're not going to drink salad dressing because that's psychotic. (laughs) You need to like mix everything in Mm, and then you've got a pretty decent salad and you can, then you have like the best tasting kind of, it's the best of both worlds. And so that's how I look at it. I think there's a ton of value in the eye test. I just think that when you have people who are considered legally blind relying on their eye test, that might not be a good thing. <laughs> All right, I, like that. I like that analogy. <laughs> You're breaking it down to salad. I like that. It makes me a little more in my head. I understand it a little more. That's very interesting. For a month in college, I, I went without any dressing on my salad. I ate salad every day. I don't know why. I just stopped putting dressing on salad, and I feel that was the healthiest. A dry salad? Just a dry, yeah. <laughs> so lettuce. Well, like cucumbers, <laughs> tomatoes, alfalfa. Like a spread. vegetable okay. salad. It's, it was a salad, yeah. not just lettuce, but mm. you know, a, a mix of vegetables and just no dressing for whatever reason. I don't know why I did it. It was just for a month. I'm like, you know, I'm going to start with dressing again. 
Yeah, yeah. that's tough. Like, if I, whenever I have, like, don't have dressing on a salad, I'm like, oof. Like, you ate, like, a goat for a while. Just, like, exactly. Yeah, it was just, rabbit. Like, crunching. It's rabbit just, food. like, dry, and you're drinking, like, it's, like, dry lettuce with celery and yeah. carrots. Like, that's tough stuff. But, I couldn't do that. Okay, back to I analytics. don't know if I could do that either. <laughs> It was just a weird uh, stage I went through. My no dressing on the salad stage. Uh, looking behind you, you have Wayne Gretzky, the great one, possibly the greatest hockey player of all time. And to quote the great one, stats are for nerds. <laughs> agree or disagree? Uh, uh, generally speaking, I agree with that, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mainly because I – so when I was working in Vancouver yeah. – Bruce Boudreaux, who's like the oldest school, like one of the best field coaches out there. There's nobody that really understands like how to run a bench like Bruce right. does. He just gets it. Like he gets how to kind of, you know, get get into players' heads and, and figure out how to work with each of them, right? And then he goes, okay, like, Rach, I failed like grade 12 math. Like you got to help me out here. So then I sit down with him. I start explaining. I'm like, you don't worry about the actual words. You just ask me what you want to know and I'll tell you what you need to know. Mm. And so then he started to actually like understand if your expected goals are higher, it means you're creating more scoring chances. And so that's all I was like, you don't have to use the word expected goals. You just have to know kind of what it means. So stats are for nerds, but if you make it so that the non-nerds can actually use it, yep. then it can be super useful because Bruce Boudreaux is not going to say expected goals. But if you tell Bruce that guy gives up eight scoring chances, but he creates 13, he's like, okay, well, that guy's got to play that. Gotcha. So what would you say is the most useful thing for teams with these stats? Like, what would they use these stats for? I would say if you're using stats, it really should just be to augment, like, how you're evaluating your players, right? So after every game, like, an NHL coach will be like, one to five, how did these players perform? Right. Right? And it's like, okay, maybe you think this guy sucks because he missed, like, five or six scoring chances kind of thing, or he like turned the puck over once and it led to a goal against obviously like not great. But then it turns out that like from a numbers perspective, he actually dominated the game and it was just like the one bad turnover that sticks in your head. I don't, you guys like, we're all kind of from the Toronto the Jake area. Gardner. Jake Gardner. Yeah, that's my buddy. I remember <laughs> Jake, my buddies telling me Corsi stats in 2015, telling me Gardner is this insane player. And, I, and for yeah. me, it was the eye test. I'm, I'm looking at him. I'm like, I don't know. So I guess that's where there's a little bit of discrepancy with the eye test we were talking about the stats. Yeah, when it comes to them. when it comes to stats, I've like in my understanding, the numbers can be used to show both positives and negatives of any given player if you're just looking at the numbers. But am I wrong in saying that when you create a model, it's designed to eliminate that bias? Is that right? Or can you elaborate on what the difference between a model and just like using stats to say like the least should trade Nylander or the least should keep Nylander. Like, you know, like you could show both <laughs> they sides. should not trade him, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I hope um, they don't. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's actually um, a pretty solid explanation of it, right? I can cherry pick any stat to make anybody look good or bad. It's really easy to do that. And like in Vancouver a couple of seasons ago, it was JT Miller. Oh, the guy has 99 points. He must be incredible. And it's like, yeah, but he also plays 80 feet of the 200. Mm. So... What are you doing there, right? So when you're, if you just want to cherry pick a stat, you can make anybody look good or bad depending on what narrative you want to fit. But when you're building a model, at least the model that I built, it's more about overall player value. So it takes everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, the really pretty, and kind of mashes it all together and gives you kind of a snapshot of 
does the good or the really good outweigh the bad or the really bad and kind of tells you this is where this player ranks based on the total package of his game right as opposed to hey look at that stat okay so you've probably been playing with this model quite a bit testing it you want to battle test it see if it works uh what kind of interesting information have you pulled out from it what's you know kind of really stood out to you about it Yeah, one of the things I've been really trying to do is quantify defense because that's something that is really, really difficult to do without any sort of like tracking or Mm. um, accurate statistics kind of thing. But what I found was the best players, whether they're good defensively or not, the best players come out in the model. So when I built this model, it looked like Kevin from Up, like that Disney movie. (laughs) And... Of course, like the top three players are McDavid, Dreisaitl, McCarr. And I'm like, okay, like that, <laughs> that checks out. Yeah, that checks um, out. Yeah, so. you want your model to do that. You're like, oh, it's working. Right. <laughs> right. And then it'll tell me like, okay, these players, what I could do is like I import their salary, uh, what, what they're being paid. And it'll tell me how they're performing relative to their salary. So oh. on any given game, are they performing like above or below their salary? So probably the most interesting thing I've learned that stands out is I'm able to now tell if a player is performing consistently to where they should expect to be performing based on their contract kind of thing. Right. So you can say like who's consistent, who's inconsistent. Yeah. And that's really helpful because you can go into a contract negotiation and say, you're volatile as hell. Like I can't trust you. Right. So is your Crazy. your um, evaluation and your model based on the percentage of salary cap instead of the actual do- dollar value then? In case, yes, because when the salary cap goes up, it that'll change. Hayden. Smart Hayden over here. <laughs> Hayden's a coder this guy too. knows. He knows. No, he's a, he's made some models too himself. Could you plot uh, Patrick Lyonnais' performance based on how much uh, time he was playing Fortnite? <laughs> Is that possible? To, it was there a correlation <laughs> there. Fortnite up, performance down. That's. I mean, you could. You don't need a rocket scientist to like correlate those two things but like patrick line Ole Ulevi, there's a couple of other prospects that are known for loving fortnite yeah have you guys played that game i've never played it but i keep seeing these dances everywhere oh yeah. i used yeah, to yeah. i was like obsessed with that game and, oh really and, like chippy fortnite news? oh my god oh, i was like i like i that's my favorite game i've ever played in the history of like my really? entire existence yeah oh i thought you were a, a modern warfare guy I played it all. I was a gamer. Oh, I love I used COD. to be a gamer. I used to be I a love COD. COD. <laughs> which, which, which one's your favorite? Which, which, which COD? So I was not a big, uh, I'm still not a big video game person, but growing up, um, Modern Warfare 2, mm. I loved it because I have a younger brother, and at the time he was like seven or eight years old, and it was the only person I could beat at a video game. <laughs> so we would just go 1v1, and I would just nuke him, what and he would hate for, me. right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And then now I simply will not play with him because he has like professional video gaming friends. So now he just oh, like kicks butt. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Avoid that at all costs for sure. Yeah. You can walk it on top. But no, yeah. Modern Warfare 2 was sick. I was like a Black Ops 1 guy. I never played oh, MW2. It was mostly Black Ops 1 and then Black Ops 2. Black I remember Ops that one 3, map with the MW3 with the buses in the, in the little subdivision. Newtown? I think that Newtown. was it. Yeah, Newtown. yeah, that, that was that was Black Ops One. That was Newtown shredding it out there. That was the only one that I ever really played because at that time I was old enough that my parents were like, "Okay, yeah, you can play at friends' houses." <laughs> yeah, I no, literally did. That was like the first time I could actually yeah, like play the game. My dad was like, "I'm gonna buy this for you," and then my right. mom, my mom was like, "No, you're not playing this game. Like it's too violent." Right, Rachel, I have a very See, now I. Oh. Go ahead. I just bought a PS5 for like oh. content. Mm. PS5. And wait, what content? And so, well, because like 
we're doing um i've never played nhl like in my life i've never played nhl except for when i was like three years old i had a ps1 which doesn't even count at this point because i'm like 27 years old so we bought a ps5 and my co-host mike is gonna teach me how to play nhl and he's like we're taking bets the over under it like how long until i throw a controller because apparently it's super frustrating yeah good luck with the total controls i've seen nasher's videos and if he's struggling i don't even want to pick up a controller total so when i went and played uh like they they flew me out to the headquarters there and they have uh they've made it so easy so if you want to do like a michigan you basically just push one button and you can michigan like go behind the net scoop it up yeah there's so you can set it up so it's pretty simple to play like, they made the deking really simple. I guess maybe but, it's harder yeah. for Nasher because he's actually used to the more complicated controls. It might be, or yeah. maybe he just picked a different, more complicated, but I don't know why you would. No, he definitely, I, I was, he was using the, the total controls or whatever, okay. but maybe I just. I'm going to be that, I'm going to be the video game version of Jeremy's son. Just like calling people old paint oh, and like just generally getting so angry I and frustrated. Hot mic, hot mic. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. That's oh content. my god, yeah. so iconic. That's content. Uh, Hayden and I play this uh, Tim Hortons challenge. Uh, do you do this one? Okay. I so <laughs> I got politely asked not to play that. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so my model wasn't as good as hers then. Uh, <laughs> no, no masters of analytics, please. Is that what it said? Or? They were like, uh, can you not? I was like, all right, fine. Because I, I did it on my mom's phone, and then my mom kept winning. Yeah, <laughs> they got right. really angry. That's hilarious. And you're fired. Holy. Because yeah, hey, I okay. dial in on your I'm model just, just going to explain this to people who don't play the game. So Tim Hortons, they have this uh, game where you have to predict who's going to score a goal. We did it all last year. Yes. Yeah. There's three tiers. So, like, the top tier, they have all the goal scorers. Austin Matthews, McDavid, you can usually pick. Second tier is a bunch of forwards that are pretty good. The third tier is basically like defensive players and fourth-line plugs, mm-hmm. right? And if you... But yeah. her, her model might detect the gems in the third tier. That's what I'm saying. So <laughs> Hayden tried to build a script that would predict the best players. I would just go on the Timmy's Challenge Helper website and then look at the trend mm-hmm. past five games uh who's been scoring who's hot lately and i try to pick someone based on that and then also uh weigh in a little bit what quality of team are they playing against right if if it's a good hot player against a trash team i'm taking that guy right um but yeah i didn't get asked not to play so i clearly we need your expertise all that i did was i took the timmy's challenge helper yeah and it's called forking i forked the repository yeah made my own version (laughs) of it and then I just added another couple columns to calculate the value over the replacement for the other players. Okay. So it gave me like a value that would give me the one that was the highest chance of scoring because all that matters in that is scoring, like mm-hmm. goals. But I was basing I it off. I love Chippy of... right now. He's like, uh huh. <laughs> I took statistics when I was in school. I was. I, I'm I, just I, sitting I, over I, here I, trying to think of a joke about correlation, forking. positive correlation, negative correlation. Hey, he's got bit. it. But yeah, my Working. my data was based off of. Um, I think it was like Yahoo Sports from last year's data or something. So it, was, it wasn't very uh, – it didn't provide very good results. Okay, so Rachel, did your mom yeah, win so the like, car or what? Like they were giving away a free uh, Hyundai, I think. No, but we use – so that's not even what my model really gets used for in my family. Okay. Um, that's just like a fun thing. We use it. My dad's been in this like major hockey pool for I want to say like – 25 years oh now and gosh. i've been helping him for the last 18 he's Unreal. finished in the money 15 of 18 yes years. wow no okay okay but get this this so 
I wasn't allowed to go this year because I guess people in the pool complained because <laughs> last year I got Eric Carl like my dad got Eric Carlson oh in like the seventeenth round. <laughs> oh wow, that's just <laughs> and smart, people though. were so angry. <laughs> yeah, because well, the year before we got Tage Thompson in like no the thirteenth round. No way, you got Tage. Yeah, so okay. they're just furious with him. Mm. I mean, yeah, those so, fantasy pools like get pretty. Me. Those fantasy pools get pretty intense. Oh, okay, your your model is working when you're grabbing Tage Thompson, like that's before ever before he pops off and signs a contract or anything. Yeah, I remember seeing him in this Tim Hortons thing. Uh, before he like really popped off, he was in the third tier. I was like, who the heck is Tage Thompson? And then they had him like the second tier. I was like, why? Who's Tage? I've never heard of this guy. Right? <laughs> then and you then, start seeing yeah. his highlights. Oh no, it was the year after. Then I'm like, whoa, Tage, Tage Thompson, guy's crazy. Tage who? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, I've, I actually have my model up on my second screen because I was working on it. Before I came to, like, have fun with you guys, I was having zero fun working on a model. Oh, come and on. You like, know you you love it. <laughs> I'm working. Well, I'm angry at it right now because I'm, like, working on it won't. It, it's got to catch up to, like, who's going to regress or, like, pop based mm -hmm. on, like, the first couple games. Because, like, I had the predictions based on past couple seasons, but then it ingests data live. So as the NHL posts it. Right. It ingests right. it and updates the model kind of thing. Oh, that's But sweet. it, like, the NHL data, like, the way they actually do it is, like, they don't have it separated properly. So this thing's, like, trying to spit out goalies. And obviously no goalies are going to be, like, putting up 25 points. Yeah. Right. So it's, like, trying to write to, like, code that out. Mm. But one of the things that I liked about it this year was it had Debrinkat popping off. And oh. I was like, I don't know about that in my brain, my oh, eye yeah. test. I was like, I don't know about that. Like, mm -hmm. eh. And then it starts the season with Larkin, and it's like points in every single game. I was like, okay, I'll yeah. listen to it. <laughs> what, what about Jesper Brad? I saw that he was doing pretty well in the preseason. Did you use some preseason info in there? So I never have preseason info, which is probably like, I don't know if it's different from anybody else, but I find preseason info, one, there's like players you've never heard of before right. playing in there. I'm like, yeah. that guy's, that's not a real person. That's Mark Donk. Yeah. Like, whatever. But the problem you've got is like, <laughs> you, you, if you use preseason data, then it, like, skews their time on ice and it skews yeah, yeah. the role they're going to be playing. Because, like, guys aren't going to be playing on the PP when, like, Austin Matthews is ripping out there yeah. the way yeah. he's ripping. And, like, Nick yeah, Robertson fourth line just... isn't going to be playing first-line <laughs> minutes in the regular and, season. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, I just saw yeah, yeah, Jesper Bratt was doing well in the preseason. And I was like, well, I, I know that he's going to be playing. And the two games that Jack Hughes played or whatever, he just, oh. like, tore it up, right? I'm like, I know Jack Hughes is going to go off this year. Uh, like yeah. he, you can just see his trajectory. Um, oh so. yeah, he's projected for. I actually have that sitting in front of me. He's projected for 103 points this year. Wow, Jack and, Hughes, and eight like mil, he, eight yeah. years, eight mil. He is probably get, gonna. He's he gonna outperform that. Yeah, I don't know. He might go off. He might go like 120. Should <laughs> Chippy always I, says I, the highest number? I think he might get 120. <laughs> we should do a show stats versus just us randomly guessing stuff. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. we go. That could actually be so fun. You just sit here. I'm like, okay, he's projected for this. So yeah. like, like, and then Chippy nails it on the money. Nylander's going to get like 50 goals this year. Yeah, we're going to do feelings versus actual numbers. <laughs> yes. Right? How do we feel right, versus me, a logical yeah, thing my, using scientific data? Yeah. with the universe real quick and just <laughs> the universe is going to tell me all what's going to happen. Okay, give us some good predictions then. What do you got for, uh, you know, is Our McDavid 170 or what? Oh, he's regressing. He's going to regress towards the mean, no? 169.2 points. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he could. chance. He's projected to get over 100 assists this year, which is, like, actually ridiculous to think about. That's insane. I'm saying 130. Here's the thing. See, how can you say 130 for McDavid and 120 for Jack Hughes? Because I think 
Jack Hughes is going to step his game up. I don't think McDavid could have a better season than last year. And 153 points. I think he could. Every year he just gets better. Yeah. I mean, he got, what did he get? Over 100 points in 50 games yeah. <laughs> in the one season. How so. many, how many, what, what's, his start, what's his start look like? How many points does he have this year to start? I think he's got four to start maybe three so like it's probably gonna come down like if i ran the model right now i could actually do it it takes like four seconds wow um well, it'll probably Chip because right, like i said it updates Chip, he's right it's just running on matthews uh, projected for 179 goals i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. (laughs) (laughs) So Matthew's based on, I just ran it while we're sitting here. Uh, based on his start, McDavid's now at 163. Uh, uh, Matthews is on pace for 63.2 goals, so they're yeah, kind okay, of okay. right there. Wow, that's pretty yeah, fair. 63 you know, it's, goals would like, be yeah. the model is clear. Like you know, you could say, oh, you could run the numbers on pace for 246 goals because he got a hat trick, another hat trick, but only yeah. zero zero goals last game. So maybe that threw him yeah. off. Should have one. Should have had one bust. there. They took it away from him on the offside yeah, at the end of the game. Two offside calls in a row. Eh? Oh, that that actually. I rinsed I got, me last night. I, I was so angry. I had like a six well. leg parlay. Uh-oh. Everything hit on that offside call. They took away the Nylander shot and oh. it missed. I was fuming. I was <laughs> so oh angry. God. It's all okay. it's already written. The scripts have been written. So Rachel, yeah. are you planning to go underground, run your model, and then just fleece every casino? Are you taking the casinos down or what? <laughs> I see. If I'm gonna take a casino down, it's gonna be playing blackjack. Really? That's, that's my. I've been playing Hard blackjack game? for like too long. <laughs> I just think when this... I was out at the cup final. Oh god, that was in Vegas. That was yeah. a problem. Yeah, yeah, I could see. I could see Vegas being a problem for a lot of people during the Stanley Cup. I didn't final. even touch. I was in Vegas last week. I didn't even touch the casino. I just was like. Oof. I feel if I You're had like discipline, man. If, if, or you need the discipline. If I feel if I had your knowledge, your expertise, uh, and your model, I would just be entering every fantasy hockey league, right? And and I don't look exploit it. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if it works, it works. And if you have an advantage, then you have an advantage. If you're, you know, like fire up all the the apps, uh, you know, Betway and Bet ninety nine and Bet Rivers and Bet MGM. The challenge right? is going to be when these uh, models, like all this hard work you're putting in to create your model, and someone just copies a- it, like AI tools and all this stuff. It's going to be tough when the the sports books and the fantasy pools and all that stuff use that to counter it as well okay like there's two sides to it right so so let's hear from your perspective you've clearly thought about this yeah yep okay tell me why this is not going to work 
or why you're why you're so, not living in a million dollar mansion, right? Or maybe you are. I don't know. A billion dollar. <laughs> why? Are you? Uh, so I can't gamble on the sport that I know the most about because I actually like work in it now. Okay, there you go. So that sucks. Yeah. Right. Um, but I can gamble on hockey, which is the sport that I publicly know the most about, um, like that I talk about the most. Um, but the problem you have is books are getting smart, right? So last year, for example, FanDuel, you could do alternate shot parlays. So I could take like a bunch of guys to get like two shots or three shots kind of thing. Right. Whereas now you can't do same game parlay. So let's say I want to do like Matthews four plus instead of four and a half, Nylander three plus instead of three and a half. Like you just basically tease it down that halfway. Mm. FanDuel stopped doing that because there were a bunch of people, myself, Dom Chishin. And we started posting stuff online. I saw like what you could do. Yes, I saw. And they took it down. They were like, "Yeah, no, we're not like, doing this." This is easy win. We printed money every single time. Do these parlays? Oh my gosh, that's funny. I just saw that TikTok. And I don't even gamble. I, like, I don't even use the thing. It just popped up. I was like, "Huh, okay." So is that your biggest? Uh, I won't say competition. I'll say uh, collaborator when it comes to sports models. Dom Lucision is uh, he a friend or he's, or foe? <laughs> he's a good friend of mine we actually live down the street from each other now no. that i've moved to downtown toronto oh nice so yeah we're in the same neighborhood we text each other like yesterday um he was like so we're betting on chicago tonight right i'm like oh mashing chicago tonight. yeah bet the right. under for that one i for saw sure. your <laughs> article though on uh was it the athletic or something and and uh it had toronto as a favorite. hockey news yeah yeah, yeah. Hockey hockey news. News. sorry yeah i saw your article and, and your model ran toronto as a favorite so why are you betting in chicago so what we try and do, and I guess this is a really important like difference for model versus what you bet. So the whole people who gamble for a living, and I wouldn't say I gamble for a living. Like I have an actual job. Yeah, yeah. Um, you do it for fun but, yeah. or out of interest. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. Like, no, like curiosity. Yeah, in a way, I think it ties right into your industry. Like you're putting a little, you know, let's see if this works or not. Multiple income streams is always good. <laughs> it, we love multiple income streams, Chippy. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where. You're always trying to find value. So I'll mm. give you an example. If I'm looking through, let's say I need to buy uh, a new hockey stick. If the new hockey stick at Pro Hockey Life is $320, but that same exact hockey stick at Joe's Sports Shop is $300, where am I going to go buy it? Go Obviously, Joe's Sports Shop. Mm -hmm. So let's say the Leafs are 70% to win, right? But the... Or, the model says they're 70% to win, but the book has their line at implied odds of 80% to win. That means there's 10% value on Chicago. Gotcha. So if you're constantly betting on the teams with value, and sometimes like yesterday, Detroit, who was a favorite, had value because the books were higher on Columbus than they should have been. Mm -hmm. And so what you do is if you're consistently betting on value, that's how you actually accumulate dollars. So it's kind of one of those things where you hold your nose and you bet because if you bet on Toronto, not only are you not getting any value, if you lose, then you've lost the bet and the 10% in value that you would have had if you bet on Chicago. So okay. it doesn't always go your way, but we did the math, Dom and I, a couple of years ago, and we found that you can win 40% of your value bets and make more money than if you just won 60% of the like heavy favorite because mm, uh, the payout's better. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet against the Leafs all the time just because they they always put them as the slight favorite, even against some of the like mid teams or whatever. You know what's funny? Though? And then if they if the Leafs lose, then at least I win some money. And if they win, then it's like I 
I paid to have them win a nice little, little bit. Little, like, like two bucks. Yeah, nice little <laughs> trick for you. Yeah. So in hockey, we we did this study. Um, I did it as part of my master's with like some guy who, someone who now has a PhD and works for the Leafs. Thank God he's like way smarter. So we did this study where we looked at if you just r- luck versus skill, right? Obviously in the NBA, if LeBron's playing, that team's probably going to win because mm-hmm. they have LeBron. Right. So it's like, okay. But in hockey, there's so much more random chance, right? Bounce off the boards, like officials just, you know, deciding. Jake Gardner's of the world. Yeah. Jake Gardner. (laughs) Yeah. Like those kinds of things, right? They matter. So what we figured out is under no circumstances should anybody be like any team in the NHL be a plus 200 underdog or more. So if I see plus 200 or more, it's like auto bet for me. It might not be a full unit, but it's auto bet because when you think about it, no team, the reason there's a cap and stuff like that is because Gary wants parity. So like when Arizona was in Toronto last year, they were plus 475 on the money line. Hmm. I could have thrown my entire bank account on that (laughs) being like, one, it's the Leafs, so they're going to lose. But two, like that's 200 points of value. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, in the long run, Arizona was a huge moneymaker for me last season because they won more games than they were expected to. Especially at home. Yeah, in the the small barn, yeah. yeah made a big difference. I want to go sure. to a, a game there. Have you guys Same. been to a game no. at the barn? I wanted to go last Man. year, but yeah. I, I planned to go to the very first one and just never pulled the like trigger the first, on it. The only Leafs game there was what you wanted. Oh, the Leafs game. Yes, I, I yeah. want to fly to Arizona and see the Leafs game there. Yeah, they were yeah. playing once and I just never pulled the trigger on yeah, it. Yeah, like my, my buddy played at Oklahoma State, which is not like a D1 program, but it's like one of those like club hockey D3, whatever, but they took a trip down mm-hmm. to Arizona State just to take it in. And he said, he's like, imagine you went to like a college football game in the student section, but a hockey game broke out because basically what happens is the entire arena. It's only like 4,500 people or whatever is just a bunch of drunk students (laughs) and they're heckling guys and chirping them. Right. And he's like, just imagine a bunch of like bros. Yeah. In a hockey arena chirping. Apparently it's like super fun. Yeah. 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 I saw um, Zach Bell went and I saw he posted in his uh, IG story, but then quickly deleted it. But there was like a crazy fight that broke out like Jeez. right next to him. So oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I've never seen that. Well he, he deleted it and then degenerate behavior. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh speaking of the the Leafs in Arizona, uh, or just the Leafs in general, I wanted to get your take on Ryan Reeves. Um oh, being yeah. a, a stats girl, <laughs> uh Ryan Reeves doesn't bode well in that department, but the intangibles, the intangibles are there apparently. And the Leafs are doing okay so far. So what? what's your take on Ryan Reeves? I'm just going to hop in real quick. I saw Mark Mathot on uh, Twitter. Yeah. And basically he's like, I like have such a problem with people talking about Reeves that have never even like laced up the skates. Right. right? And he's like, ask Marner and uh, Matthews how they feel about him having him on the team. Oh, right. Like, if the captain and assistant captain love him, why are we talking? Right. Like, like that yeah, ask thing. the boys on the team. How are they liking it? So. Right. But yeah, what's your th- yeah? Take like I on think it? first of all, like I have, I think that's a great point you brought up, Jeremy. Like I have a huge issue with anyone who takes that stance because just because I haven't played in the NHL doesn't mean I don't know what it means to be an elite athlete. So like I used to be a national gymnast, and I used to do gymnastics 40, 40 hours a week. Like I only went to school three days a week growing up. So mm-hmm. I know what it takes to be an elite athlete. I might not have played in the NHL, but there are a bunch of people who are analysts that are in the same boat. They stayed in sports, working in sports, because they were likely an elite athlete at some point in their life. So they have an understanding of what it takes to be on a team and 
and the intangibles of being a good teammate and things like that, right? right? And so I don't necessarily buy this whole, like, you have to play in the NHL to be able to have an opinion, like, I, that, that's a very narrow-minded way of looking at things. The old and boys I think, club. Trust yeah. me, I get yeah. the same response every once in a while. Who are you to teach someone how to skate when you never even played pro? Like, where yeah. did you play? Uh-huh. Where did you? So play, Scotty right? Bowman so. didn't play a single NHL game. Is yeah. my verbatim response. And Daryl Belfry never played pro hockey, and yet his client list includes Austin Matthews, Patrick oh. Kane, yeah. Matt Barzell, Charlie McAvoy. Like, are, are we going to sit here and say that guy doesn't know what he's doing? Jeremy so, and I went to a, his, one of his coaching conferences, and it was like, he's, I, I felt like for him. I, yeah. I wanted oh. to go as a coach, yeah. like with Jeremy, and be like, okay, I'm going to soak it all in so that I can like help teach in videos and stuff. But I ended up just feeling like a player, like, oh, I have to try this in my men's. <laughs> yeah. like, I, like just the little nuances and like how you attack the lane to go to the net and like where you shoot from, and where you shoot goals. from, when you shoot, whether the goalie's adjusting his feet or not. Yeah. And like, it's just so much thought. And like, it makes sense that the clients that he's working with are like some of the best goal scorers in the league. Right. Like, yeah, you look at it. And so I worked with Daryl this summer after Matthew's rookie season, when Matthew's remade his shot. Mm-hmm. And so like, I was on the ice pretty much like all the time when that was going on and like you see things and the stuff that Daryl would say I'm like there are like probably 90% of players in the NHL do not think like this like it's yeah you don't have to have played to understand hockey at an elite level and so for where Ryan Reeves is concerned I think generally speaking and generally in the sense of like the enforcer role I think that's largely gone away because with how valuable salaries are and how valuable ice time is you can't only be an enforcer. You have to be able to be efficient in other areas right. of the game. Having said that, Ryan Reeves has kind of made a living being able to do that. First of all, he is a gigantor. He basically looks like Thor yeah. <laughs> on any given night. Big boy. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, he can get around the ice. He lays hits. He isn't afraid to kind of mix it up. And with the whole like momentum thing... There's a difference between a stage fight, which causes no momentum whatsoever, and something that happens organically. And I'm thinking of the Frederick Goudreau, Marcus Foligno type of situation where he lays a massive hit. It was a clean hit. Mm -hmm. I I love that physicality. I think the Leafs have been missing that. Mm -hmm. And immediately drops the gloves with Foligno. Right after that fight, there was a tangible shift in momentum, and it directly led to Leafs goals like within a few minutes. And it was that the tide turned right there. And I'm not saying that it always happens, right. but when there are instances in a game where it's not like, hey, Revo, just go get in a fight and try and fire up the <laughs> Yeah, the boys. like the goon That's mentality. Yeah. <laughs> but if something happens organically, like, boom, I lay a massive hit, fire up the boys, and then I'm getting in a fight and absolutely pounding a guy. Like that's gonna get the boys fired up, and so they're they're standing and cheering. They're standing and cheering, right? True, yeah. And I think there is something to be said, although I don't buy into it completely, and certainly not with most other enforcers. There is something to be said for Ryan Reeves. You are just simply not going to do certain things if you know that you're gonna have to answer for it. So, like yesterday in the Chicago game, they're like, "Oh, Corey Perry pointed to the sky," like. Would be shouldn't Ryan Reeves be out there? And it's like that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about a goal celebration. We're talking yeah. about in the playoffs when Sam Bennett rips Matthew Nyes down by his neck. Yes, you're. I'm sorry, but you're not doing that if Ryan Reeves yeah, is exactly. out there and you're gonna have to answer to him. So I think there are some intangibles, and Ryan Reeves is still like he's not an elite hockey player by any sense of the imagination in terms of like lineups. 
But what he brings is important because when you combine it with Tyler Bertuzzi, Max Domi, and the kids who are just ripping around, Mm -hmm. there is a more sense of kind of like, okay, we can do this because every single line has that lack of a better word, pest on it that's going to be able to take care of business. A little bit of swagger, right? Mm. Yeah, that's something that I was was thinking of is that it's, I think that the difference between, it's not even Ryan Reeves, it's the, like you said, it's the combination of Domi and Bertuzzi and some of the like fast, grungy type fourth line players that make the biggest difference because Domi and Bertuzzi are playing in the top six more often than not. I think last night actually Domi got bumped to the third line, but yeah, um, but nonetheless, it's still adding more of that uh, grit to the edges of the elite players, right? Because oh, yeah. if they're on a line with them, they're going to be like, it's it's not like it's just Michael Bunting and that's it in the top six. Yeah, you know, like Michael Bunting was so e- such an easy target for the other teams because <laughs> and he's more of a pesky player than a tough player. Yeah, he's like annoying, and they're like, if we just take him out, then everyone else is easy. He was a mosquito. <laughs> Yeah, true. And that's why guys, guys like the Kachuk brothers are super rare. Like they're mm. unicorns because not only are they two of the best players in the league, mm-hmm. you also have to deal with their pesky, annoying nonsense, but you can't do anything because like Ryan Reeves is never going to be on the ice with Brady or Matthew. Right. The really, the only guy that's going to be on the ice to deal with them is Tom Wilson, who's probably just, just going like, to throw say a chicken Tom wing Wilson outer. is the only one that can play top-line minutes and still be a I wanted him bad. I wanted Wilson bad on the Leafs. Oh, yeah. I did. Right, and then you look, like, Tyler Bertuzzi will probably calm down a little bit of that nonsense because he is a top-line player, and he has that respect along among the league officials that Michael Bunting and... To a degree, Nazem Kadri didn't. And so I think that there's kind of that separation, but that's why it's so important to have guys like Brady and Matthew, and that's why they're so rare is because it's rare you get a player that's that big and that skilled and also that annoying, and you just simply cannot do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about when I think of uh, Matthew Tuchuk because I think that the single greatest trade that I've been witness to is when the, the Huberdo and Tuchuk and Uyghur trade where... Uh, Tuchuk went to Florida and then went on the cup run. Like that's the most tangible, most beneficial trade that's happened. And Huberdeau hasn't found a stride since. Could blame Sutter for that. But I have mixed feelings about that because now the GM that made that quote-unquote bad trade (laughs) is Brad Tree living for the Maple Leafs. So I'm worried about any trades that he might make before the trade deadline this year. Like if they'll turn out good or bad or because their D needs some work, I think. I mean, he also shipped uh, Goudreau. Uh, right, like Johnny. Well, Goudreau, Goudreau yeah, like he they just didn't. They were playing hard to get, and then he was like, "Okay, well, I'll just go somewhere else." But yeah, like Huberto yeah. goes from Florida to Calgary, a little colder, <laughs> a little less like the climate could cause a difference. The intangibles, in yeah. As the hat nice. play defense under Sutter, like. yeah, yeah. He's pull, getting the Ovechkin and uh, Barry Trotz treatment. <laughs> like I will teach him how to play defense. <laughs> Right. But I think there's, like, with, with Tree Living, I think he kind of got, like, an unfair rap for that trade because what we see now is I would rather, and, like, my model kind of says the same thing. It's better to, Matthew Kachuk did the right thing. He went to the Flames and said, listen, I'm not resigning, so you better trade me. Right. At that point, you have two options. You lose him for nothing or you trade him. So immediately... The best option, even if you get a seventh round pick, it's not nothing. Right. Right. You're obviously, you need to get more for him. But mm-hmm. t- for having a gun to his head the way that he did to get a 
guy who probably should be in the Norris conversation every year in Mackenzie Weger. I think he's probably one of the most underrated players in the mm-hmm. league. And then Jonathan Huberto, who is coming off like a 111-point season for Matthew Kachuk. Like, those are not prospects and futures. Those are legitimate NHL players and so to get that when you have a gun to your head right is far better than the other option which is lose him for nothing which is by then better than the third option which a lot of teams opt for and I'm talking about the team further on the west coast where they re-sign aging guys to contracts that they have no business getting and then it turns out to be a carnival so it's like you. The order We're is Canucks here, just so you guys know. Uh, yep. I, the West I, is. I, I didn't know East and West. I thought we were talking, oh, we're about, talking about Austin. But <laughs> you look at it right, and you go, "Would you rather?" So this is a great example. We're all familiar with the Leafs, right? Mm-hmm. William Nylander's coming up this year. Yeah. I'll give you three options. You can't. There's no like negotiation on them. Mm-hmm. One, he signs for ten and a half million dollars on an eight-year deal. Option two, you trade him in a similar Uyghur Huberto type of deal. A multiplayer free, deal. You let him yeah. walk for free. Mm-hmm. Right. What do you what do you do you want the contract? Do you want to let him walk or do you want the trade? Let's take, take the ten point five. Ten point five. That seems pretty fair. Yeah. Yeah, I think, right, I fair think enough. I would take ten five too. <laughs> knowing that the salary cap's going up and just that he's like been finding his stride the past two years like he's been more consistent out there yeah Yeah. like because it used to be he looked like a stud for like two shifts a game and sometimes games he was invisible but then he slowly started to get yeah i feel like he might be the best the uncle's union Mm -hmm. of ontario wants william nylander traded and i i always (laughs) i like that (laughs) the uncle's union Like, I always have to explain to them, do you think that if they trade him away or they let him walk, they're just going to magically be able to, like, put someone in there that's as good for cheaper? Like, where are you finding this player? Please let me know, because Uh there are 32 GMs that would also like the answer to that question. Yeah, the only, like, trade that would make sense is if you get draft picks and and prospects. But even then, the window would be too late. Like, it wouldn't... Well, I, I know, I'm just saying, like, Leafs have enough talent up front. Yeah, they so they need to kind of protect their future because they're not. They need to continue to add fuel to the fire, right? So if they just get another guy that they have to pay right now, still doesn't really fix. Yeah, who are you finding for less than ten point five that can do the impact? So so they've got like Nyes and maybe Robertson, you know, Minton, like those guys coming up that can take some spots in the lineup. Maybe they can get another deal, and then you know, a few years down the road, they can draft high, hopefully, or have some prospects that are developing. Like if they could grab a Tage Thompson, you know, Mm -hmm. under. yeah, Under the- man, they were this close to getting Tage Thompson a couple years ago in a trade, and that that deal got nixed. But I can't even. The trade was Tage Thompson for a fifth round pick. Oh. Yeah, but but that year the Leafs only had I think three draft picks, and the board didn't want to go down to two. Right. So they wouldn't let Dubis trade for Thompson, and oh, done no like no way. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, I'm, I'm angry now. And and then yeah, and then so the from Leafs that point on, Dubis had a vendetta to leave and go to Pittsburgh. <laughs> Just but kidding. like, would his development have been the same if he was in the Leafs organization? I think it would have been better. Doesn't get a look. It arguably would have been better. But when this trade was rumored to take place, was literally the summer before Tage popped. Ah. So imagine two seasons ago, right? Tage Thompson pops, but on the Leafs instead oh, of the Sabers, and I heard for a fifth round pick, like we can't people would be kissing Dubis' feet. Situation, wouldn't we like it just like yeah oh, we got nylander well, thompson have... matthews <laughs> no back end but but we'd have a couple years of tage thompson and matthews together yeah so in this alternate reality maybe the salary cap would be nixed altogether. so you never know <laughs> just kidding um but, but yeah it's like matthews, things like that uh, 
Matthews had an interview. I think it was like a, it was either TSN or I don't know what it was, but he said that one of the most underrated players was Tage Thompson, and that was before last season. Well, it's because they trained together. I'm pretty sure yeah. they're both Arizona boys. Yeah, so yeah. he he saw him training and was like, yeah, he's underrated. Like, he's got the size and the hands. He's like a small player playing in a big man's body. Mm. He's got big boy, said. isn't he? Yeah. He's a big boy. He's, like got, he's got, like, frog legs. Like, they come, look like they come up to, like, our I'd shut shoulders. I'd shut it down. I'd shut that He down. walked by <laughs> me in Vancouver last season, maybe two seasons ago, and I was legitimate. I'm like, oh my god, this guy is a giant! Yeah. <laughs> like, holy crow, he looks six seven. Yeah. Like, he doesn't feel like he's small. And then he's playing with Zach Benson, who is oh, yeah. like Mason right. size. <laughs> like, yeah, we met him at the combine. Like, though, yeah, Benson's nasty. He's, he's going oh. off. Hey, I saw him. In I love it. There. I. Yeah. My model had him as the fourth ranked player in last year's draft, so that's why I was like screaming when he fell i was like this is erroneous like i'm i was so angry and then of course buffalo got him i'm like i turned to mikey at the time i was like this dude is going to make the sabers next year like just watch he's gonna make the sabers and right. then we're sitting here talking about zach benson on the podcast and he's like you kind of nailed that one i was like <laughs> yeah yeah because like awesome. if he grows an inch he's like six <laughs> feet tall and then everyone shuts up like Wait. Where where did your uh, model have uh, Matt Mitchkov? Because he was like a, kind of an anomaly of as far as two. is he even going to play? Like very skilled. And Adam at two. Okay. Yeah. Two. yeah so yeah, my think, model had yeah. the top five was obviously Bedsy because yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Then Mitchkov, then Fantilli, yeah. then Benson, then Leo Carlson. Leo, okay. Right. Yeah. Right. Because we had Leo Benson's on the numbers in the yeah. dub are insane. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, like yeah. actually ridiculous. Yeah, and, and it feels like everyone's tearing team. up that dub though. It feels like I mean Logan like, Stankoven was skill level of the dub because it feels like all these guys are putting these crazy numbers up. I think it's probably the gap between the top players and the small, like the younger players, is a lot higher, so they can exploit a lot of. It's also like, a younger, younger league too, right? Younger players, so yeah, yeah. In the in the dub, the problem you have is unlike the Q and the O. In the dub, like fourteen-year-olds can play. Okay. Oh, okay. So, okay, now we're, like, okay. you've got like twenty-year-olds going up against like a fourteen-year-old, mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, well, obviously, because this guy's a man, and he played and this in the one World is Juniors in, in grade eight. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. you just graduated like kindergarten a couple of years ago. <laughs> Unless you're McDavid, and you're out here. You're like, not playing at fourteen against twenty-year-olds and being like. Dominant. I remember when I was 14, I got uh, bumped up a year to play on uh, league, with my brother. You? Yeah. Well, it was a small town. They, just, they didn't have enough guys to roster the team. <laughs> they were desperate. <laughs> yeah. I rode a lot of bench there, though. But being 14 against like some 17 and 18 year olds, I was like, holy, like th these guys are shaving. And uh, my voice was still squeaky, right? Like, they gave you a different dressing room just so you didn't feel much, intimidated. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hop in the shower, I'll tell you that much. Like, <laughs> You know, I had to I had to play on all the boys teams at school growing up because they were like, oh, look, like an athlete. Wow. Right. And it's like, okay, you're going to play on the boys U20 soccer team, even though in grade eight, I was like four, seven. Yeah, right. Yeah. So we were like <laughs> playing against then. like 19 year old boys. I'm like, yeah, this seems like a good idea. Yeah, like, it's intimidating. I, I broke my ribs. I got body checked in the board by some guy. <laughs> I think he was bigger than his dad. Right. <laughs> Some like eighteen yeah, year old comes in here. Well, they got. He they, didn't even shave. Like his has beard coming out the bottom of his cage. <laughs> yeah, I dealt with that too as well. Just gotta throw the I hip was checks, playing against eh? some big boys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Chibi, <laughs> right. how tall are you? 
Well, don't exploit the guy like that. Six, no, I'm just six, kidding. Six, four. Five, twelve. Maybe like five, nine and a half. Okay, so yeah, answer, like I'd you. Say, yeah. yeah, I feel like if you're. It's a solid If you, if you would have said I, five, I four, I'd be like, five, oh man, like you might be shorter height. than me. But you <laughs> no, would, I have a great as like a, I think in today's game, where it's like going towards the skill players, especially in the junior leagues, you don't have to be six feet tall. Like you can be basically five, seven and up. Mm-hmm, and yeah. you're you're fine if you have high end skill, and so I, I think that's one of the things where Logan Stankoven, like you mentioned, Jeremy, oh, like great. the reason that guy went in the second round it was because he was five eight. Well, now he's five ten. He's also just finished up like a hundred and some odd points in the dub, and yeah. now he looks fantastic in preseason games and in the AHL. Like this guy's gonna be a star. Oh yeah, and it's because he grew two inches. Lane Hudson, who I'm sure all of you know. The big question in his draft year was, what happens if he doesn't grow? Uh, well, he grew two and a half inches last year, and now he's almost 5'11". So now we're talking about an entirely different defenseman who's also, like, disgustingly skilled. Yeah. You don't have to be that big anymore, because no. you're... It's yeah. not everyone's that big, right? That's why Zach Benzie... Yeah, Benson I'm the size of Bedsy. I'm Bedsy height. <laughs> and skilled. see, look how good... You're basically Bedsy is I'm, what we're getting yeah, at. Yeah, pretty much. I mean... You you beat him in the. I beat him in the crossbar. crossbar. Like we tied, we tied. Yeah, I tied. Yeah, yeah. I let him win. When we look at the footage, though, that one shot did count. So yeah. Well, he did you not see him going? Holy. Yeah. Well, I what mean, a release. You saw him say that. He was like, "That's incredible." So yeah, like I was. Well, that's. I was smaller back in the day. I mean, but I grew a little bit. It's been interesting watching. Uh, let's talk about Bedsy for a little bit. Might as well. Everyone else is. Um, it was interesting, or it has been interesting watching his first few games. I think I've watched. Bits and pieces of every game. I watched the whole first game and then the whole game against the Leafs yeah, last night. Yeah, I've only night. saw the one last night, like the full game. Yeah, it was I... interesting seeing his dad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, his dad, like the pressure. He's like, every like... shot that Bedsy has, it, 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 he's just like, oh, like he's just tensing up. Like, yeah. it, well, the, the world pressure, depends on the him. The pressure on this kid, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, he's got to come in here and change the entire organization. He's got to be the face of the league every interview. Coach Chips making videos about him. He's talking like, on the bench. He's got interviews mid game. He's, mid-game got, he's, got, he's mic'd up. He's got they got him mic'd up and they're posting his mic'd up. Like it's crazy. Like Yeah. Honestly, just, when they were showing him Saturday night against because they got a box in Montreal. They right. were showing his dad Saturday night and then they would pan to like Bedsy and then they go back to his dad. And the whole time I'm like, this is a, literally this is a chippy skit. Like he's <laughs> gonna so people are there's gonna that. be a freaking TikTok and you're just gonna be Betsy's dad and then it'll just be like, Dad, calm down. And you, you just have the dad just no, ripping it. That's happening. Right. That's happening tonight. Let's let's film it. I'll be the dad. <laughs> okay. I'll be the dad. Just relax. Yeah, dad, just relax. But yeah. <laughs> But he was like elbowing, so uh, my family has season seats in in Toronto. Oh, and nice. like we don't oh, go to a ton yeah. of games, they're usually for like business clients and stuff like that. But my cousin went, and sitting, like, a couple rows above Bedard's family, she said that Betsy's dad, for, like, the first period, is just elbowing the guy beside him because he was so fired up. Second period comes around, he has to sit on his hands because he keeps elbowing <laughs> oh the person gosh. beside him. The guy beside him is like, dude, I have a beer suit. in my hand. Stop elbowing me. <laughs> yeah. That's it's hilarious. like, this is $22. Yeah. That's hilarious. I just paid $30 yeah. for these two beers. Come yeah. on. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> What? <laughs> what? <laughs> my son's playing. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It, we're all just waiting for the toe drag release. Mm-hmm. Like I know. He's going to wrap around. He got a wrap around goal. I'm waiting for him. A, yeah. He almost had one last night. He a couple. Did. He almost. He's like, got. Oh. He's averaging like. He's getting like four or five shots a game. It seems yeah, they're like. They're going to start going yep. in. They're going to start. Oh, he's going to. He's going to bury. He's just figuring out the goalies. I think. Yep. 
We were when, talking about that actually I, on the last episode a bit, yeah. When his line opened against Pittsburgh at two and a half shots, I put it in our like group chat. I was like, this is hitting in the first period. Right. Mm. So and then I went I went to a sports book that allows me to bet like four, five, six, and mm. I was just like mash, 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 like <laughs> just betting. Especially big in the time, first game. Because, like, you know he's oh coming out God. hot. Like, oh, yeah. oh, he's shooting everything. He's shooting everything. Which He's which hit that line in the second or first period of every game he's played so That's far. Crazy. Like, it's just an automatic bet for me. Even the other day, his line was minus 200 for four shots. And I was like, I don't even what? care. And yeah. then he hit it in the first minute of the second period. I was yeah. like, see, this is an automatic bet for me. Yeah. That's yeah, no, that, that just is like a easy I taught him well. Decision. I did tell I, I taught him very well. I taught him drag release. I taught him well. My biggest surprise is that they've had, what, 28 minutes of power play time and have not scored once. How is he not? They got one last night, I think, against us, didn't they? Yeah, they got one last night. They oh, got okay. One. Yeah. So it must have but been. But it wasn't him. even him. Like, no, it wasn't no, even there. It was but the, their penalty kill has been really good, too, Some somehow. They, they said on the broadcast last night, they're like, they, they had one of the top penalty kills so far. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that'll change. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like, yeah, that's not going to last long, but still funny. I was expecting for Bedard's style of play to obviously work the best. He's an east to west type of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he can set up in the offensive zone and just, you know, move people out of the way and, and find lanes. And, and he's so smart with like moving the puck. I figured that's where he's really going right. to feast. It's, so it's just surprising that it took so long. But it, yeah, was it his line or? No, I don't think so. Or if it was, no, he, it was PP two. Yeah, I think. Okay. But I think, I think he had the... just got off the ice, and then yeah. So what I noticed is uh, after a co- I think they had a few power play opportunities, and then maybe even the third one, they started their second unit. They started their second I power know, play I unit. I saw that. I was like, I was "What like, is going on right oh, now? That's what are you doing? Weird. <laughs> like, get this guy going. Get this guy flowing. Like, like, are they just trying to uh, tire out Matthews and Marner because Leafs are now using Matthews and Marner as their PK unit? Yeah. So maybe they're trying to like, okay, tire Matthews and Marner, then get Bedsy out right. there. Well, I've seen the Leafs know. do that sometimes. If if um, like say uh, Matthews and Marner just finished a shift and yeah. it's like they only had a little bit, they'll let right. them start it and then. The first uh, possession change, they switch. Well, I right. think we could just say they were like over twenty-eight minutes with power play. They're probably like, maybe we should try, try something. something. <laughs> maybe we should switch it up a bit. Maybe yeah. that, that's me being an NHL coach it. caliber, like that's probably what was going through no. his head. As Le- a, leave I know it's hard. You guys don't understand what's going no. on in an NHL leave bench. Leave for the full two minutes. Understand? <laughs> probably was like, ooh, we're let, over about twenty-eight minutes worth of power play. Let me tell you what happened. Start the other unit. You go back and watch the video. It looked like the Leafs were on the power play. It did. I remember. I thought oh, that the yes. I, I double checked the scoreboard because I was like, Matthews has had the puck for like thirty seconds. Yeah, so what's going on? Here? Yeah, they just Bappy, yeah, Bappy they got the puck. They the controlled stick. it. They were passing like they were moving up the ice and making like nice passes through the lane. Then they set up in the Chicago zone mm-hmm. and we're moving the puck around. Yeah, and then oh yeah, and then after a while they're like, you're Wait. gonna get burned doing that this oh, year. Oh no, but, they're but, gonna be like trying to like. A turnover four on two. Here's the thing: Sheldon keeps gonna have like a heart attack on the bench. They, yeah. they dialed his it back. Mind. Yeah. After they set up, and they're like, "Wait, this is kind of ridiculous." And then they just skated out of the zone and and went back and regrouped and tried to kill some time and off then, the clock. Yeah, and then and then they got the puck down again, and Matthews was racing, and then you see him like, "Oh yeah, I'm on the penalty kill," and he just books it to the bench. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, "I gotta get off now." Yeah. So starting their PP two did not work for them. Yeah. yeah. It's been I funny think... watching uh, Chicago. I just wanted to say because. I never notice like any third or fourth line players on any other team. Mm. <laughs> like I don't really remember <laughs> anyone. Yeah, but Every since time. I've been watching Chicago more, um, 
Reichel, I think is his yeah, name. Yeah, but he's Lucas Reichel. Lucas Reichel. I, I, I tweeted about him. I, I saw My him boy. preseason. I said he might be the next, next McDavid. Okay. I call, okay, relax. But he's, and I messaged him. He's. I messaged him, and yeah, he's a beauty. He's a good guy. He confirmed. So he's, he's like, yes, German. I am. He's on he's Team Style. No, he's on Team Style and Flow. That's yeah. all I know. Okay. Oh, and okay. I, st- I think he looks most like McDavid than I've ever. Like, just the way. Just wait. He's exploding. Just, expo- just he's- wait for this take, and you guys are going to be like, holy, he was ready. Well, I didn't even know that, but I was just saying, watching, I could see he's got explosiveness. He gets the puck to the net a lot. It's like McDavid. And he's, he seems to be getting a lot of uh, time carrying the puck with Chicago. Mm. And I could see him like working his way up to be like a line mate with Bedard in a few years. They should years, be right now. That they should just years. move him right there right now. R- Rachel seems to like him as well. Let's... Yeah. What's well, the okay. Model so say one, he's yeah. he's a German. So I, I like me being German. That like immediately, yes, I like Lucas Reichel. Right. But I think that there's he was kind of like forgotten about because he was drafted the same year as Stutzla and Paterka, mm-hmm. and they had starred at the World Juniors, and people kind of forgot about Reichel. And I was like, um, okay, he's not going to be better than Stutzla, but he's probably going to be better than Paterka. Be a regular and Paterka's more like an engine, right? Like, he's just a motor. He's buzzing around constant, like, high motor. Like, work rate's incredible. Whereas Reichel, kind of like Chippy was just saying, like, he, he has that speed. He's got that skill. He just hasn't put it all together. And I think once he starts to put it all together, him, Korchinski, and Bedsy on the power play in Chicago for the next, like, God knows how long is going to be pretty gross like it's their ability to do that and Reichel can play the wing or center so it's kind of one of those things where it's like where do you want to develop them because you've got Oliver Moore you've got Frank Nazar like there's they've got so many prospects coming it's like okay do we figure out if this guy can play with Bedard because is if he's smart enough then that's a guy that can pass the puck and chase pucks and kind of win pucks back you want to make sure that those guys have the puck and so I I like that like I think he's a, a super underrated guy right now probably because Everyone's watching Chicago, and basically, you might as well just put an ISO cam on Bedard because nobody's watching anyone <laughs> yeah. else. Like, oh, no, no. no skit about that. Yeah. It's like, but like... camera, t- two cameras, three cameras. We want everything on Bedard. Every, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got him picking his nose too. I'm just yeah. looking at 98 the whole time for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everyone loves a good hidden gem. We talked about Tage Thompson, and uh, you know, maybe a few up and comers. There's these guys in the KHL. You know, Panarin just comes over and starts tearing it up in Chicago. Uh, Kaprizov, Kaprizov, mm-hmm. just oh my, what a stud! Are you running your model over there in the KHL, the Swedish Elite League, and finding these guys? Like, do you ha- do you have any hidden gems for the fantasy point guys out there who they should we should be looking at uh, either so, right now in the system or in the KHL? Like, who needs to be in the NHL right now that isn't? Yeah, so I actually there's there's a couple guys not from a points perspective, like not a Kaprizov one, but there's a defenseman in the KHL who I legitimately, and I would rarely say this because it, the KHL numbers are not there to support it, mm-hmm. but he is so far ahead, like, outlier-wise, that he broke my silly chart. Oh. And I had to, like, remake the chart because right. he broke it. <laughs> He's a Carolina draft pick. His name's Alexander Nikishin. He is okay. six foot four. That's he nice. is unbelievable. So I'm at, he's six foot four, like big defenseman, but he skates the puck well. His breakout passes are like just a chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. He's also nearly a point a game in the KHL. Okay. Wow. We need this guy as a defenseman on the old paint cans. Yeah, is yeah. he recruiting? Oh, do we ever like before anyone drafts him? Can we get him on the old paint cans? <laughs> we need a defenseman. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god! Do we ever need a defenseman on the old paint cans? <laughs> Could you imagine a six foot six defenseman that can move the puck? And skate it out. Of the zone? Skate. Like, What's that? Victor had or I'm requesting a trade. Like, 
Like, holy. I'm actively searching, but I don't yeah. know if we can match Search. the salary of the cage. Yeah. Search. The, guy, the other guy that you guys would definitely like, okay. he's a goalie. Okay, I like Leaf that. draft pick Arter Aktiyamov has the exact same stats that Igor Shosturkin had oh, in yes. his 21-year-old season in the KHL, and he's five percentage points less than Ilya Sorokin in his 21-year-old season. Like, this guy has the same goalie trainer as those guys, is playing on a worse team because, like, Sorokin and Shosturkin played for Ska and Ska, which are obviously, like, the... The best teams there. This guy's playing for Kazan. There's no right like Pavel Datsuk on his team no. and no how big any is he? of that, right? Pardon? How big is he? Like how tall? Uh six two, I believe. Mm. So yeah, he's he's said. that right you, ideal height for a goalie is between like six one and six four. So he's kind of right in there. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he's got the same trainer as those two, he's yeah. got similar numbers. Like I'm not saying he's coming over and he's gonna be Sorokin or Shesterkin, but Goalies the numbers would bit, indicate. Yeah. Yes, I yeah, like the it. numbers would indicate that that's a fella that could be coming over that is potentially going to be a problem for other teams. I do think which that the I like because the Leafs uh, haven't had a star goalie in uh, God knows how. Long. Yeah, we had Tuukka Rask. Remember? <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Ouch. Cujo, I, th- I guess Cujo. I think Cujo was really like the last like superstar. Eddie Belfour, maybe Eddie Belfour, like yeah, he was a little Eddie late. The Eagle, I'm a little late. Like he was great in Chicago. Obviously. Eddie the Eagle. <laughs> I mean, like Freddie was good, but it's just like at the he's got Jake Gardner syndrome, right? Yeah. He's really consistent, really good, and then when you actually need him, it's just. Uh, I'm just. I don't even know. Does, I think Carolina's model, learning that the wrong, like the yeah. hard way. D- does your model account for mental health and media pressure? Because, <laughs> no. And social media activity. Hey, well, Hayden has so a theory we... that everyone just collapses in Toronto because they just can't stand it. So can I? Like, it's not a rant per se, but from from that perspective, I hear that all the time in hockey and. We talk about hockey players like they're the toughest athletes. And I think anyone who stands in front of a 100-mile-an-hour slap shot is, like, nails. Like, that's mm-hmm. insane. However, if you're going to sit here and tell me that playing in Toronto as a Maple Leaf is more difficult than being a New York Yankee, a Dallas Cowboy, Real Madrid, FC Barcelona, mm-hmm. anything like that, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you that you're actually out of your mind because, like, yeah. I can speak from, like, the European perspective. They actually have TMZs for each team. Yeah. The like, sheer volume. I was, right. They have yeah, someone like following Messi like 24-7, yeah, even in yeah. It's not remotely American It's not league. remotely the same. Like if you play for Bayern Munich and you don't win a championship, like Bayern won the league last year, but they didn't win Champions League and they fired their equivalent of a GM. It's like imagine the Leafs win the President's Trophy, they don't win the Cup, so like, you know what? The entire staff is gone. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> the level of pressure we're talking about here. So whenever I see that like Someone's like, oh, it's too hard to play in Toronto. There's too much attention. I'm like, could you get real, please? Like, Yankees, Cowboys, anything like that. Like, it's mental health is so important. But I think at some point, if you're disciplined enough to not have social media or to pay somebody to operate your social media for you mm-hmm. and to not be like scrolling through, then it doesn't really impact you. And Joseph Wool is a great example. He doesn't have any social media and it allows him to just kind of be zen and not really know what's right. up and it allows him to walk like i saw him walking down the street the other day nobody knows who he is because mm-hmm. his face isn't all over social media right. so it's yep. like it allows him to kind of blend in so he's it's got a point, mask on in the game he has so. their own worst enemies yeah, yeah. I, we oh, definitely don't yeah. want joseph wall to get jack campbell syndrome where he's so hard on himself right yeah like yeah. 
I, I just He's even so watching chill. him in Edmonton, I just feel bad for him. I'm yeah. like, dude, just just enjoy life. You were so happy. Where's goalies are just that way soup. though? Come sometimes. on, soup. some goalies just get down on themselves so bad. Yeah, right. I think goal, you, you have to blame be them for every loss. And... It's, a, it's hard being a goalie. I, I I played one game and that was enough for me. Oh yeah. <laughs> Although I feel like if you're asking like, is there like a mental health or like Toronto syndrome in it? You will not see me have Toronto favored in any game seven and under any circumstances because <laughs> like I will put a, a, a thing in there that's just like it's Toronto. Like that's just yeah. <laughs> sorry, but we know how this works. There's an if condition. <laughs> There's like but else uh, if it's Toronto, no, they they <laughs> I blame it on the yeah. fan base. I blame our lack of success on the fan base and the negativity and the negative energy we always have. Yeah, Chippy's very spiritual with the energy, so I am. We, we need. You to have to have the vibes. If yeah. the flow's not flowing, mm-hmm. you're not well, going. Everyone's. Like, the, everyone always think it. we're gonna lose. Then we're gonna if lose. The flow's not flowing. It's, you're not going. It's the, I it's, like the, that. it's the energy we're putting out to the universe. If we're all like we're gonna lose every time, well, we're manifesting it, and it's just gonna happen every time. So if we just switch her, that was actually my. I was trying to switch the energy last year. I made a song called Cutbound because I wanted to like yep. reprogram the minds of. This is this is how deep I went with this. I think the Leafs need a new goal song. So I was trying to reprogram the minds of the uh, Leafs fans and to like be more positive, and maybe more positive things will happen. But we'll see. I think it's still well, going to happen. But. Maybe you just got to. It takes more than just a few weeks for it. Say I'm a Leafs hero. Reprogram. You could say I'm a Toronto Maple yeah. Leafs hero right now. I, I'm trying I, to do everything I, do I possibly that. can. When I talk get to the my statue. kids in at bed, I tell them about Coach Chippy, the Leafs hero. Thank you. And you know what? It's so we were. If I was in the building yesterday, we would have won. Yes. That's all I'm saying. I don't know why they didn't give you tickets. They should have airmailed them to you. Should have sent the helicopter like, just... for you to get yeah. there. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. We need Leafs chopper. Where's the chopper? You're where's the guy. chopper? <laughs> like, MLSE, where's the chopper? Coach Chippy needed to be at that game yesterday. Oh. But that's like one of those things where you, you get in kind of what you put out, and that's a Ryan Reeves thing, right? It's like he, you can tell that the vibe that he has brought is, has had a tangible impact on the dressing room, and maybe it's not just him, right? Maybe it is. Bertuzzi and Domi as well but when you look at it like the vibes matter if you don't believe Mm -hmm. in yourself you don't have that kind of like intangible of I can do this and you're always got it like a defeatist attitude that's a huge issue like I was listening to your show like a couple weeks ago you're talking about like it's easier to like you should be kind even when you're having a bad day because you're gonna get back what you put out Mm -hmm. and that's one of those things with the lease where now Bradtree Living's kind of made a concerted effort. Like, we got to get some guys in here that can maybe, like, lighten things up, take the pressure off a little bit, maybe be a positive sort of distraction. Mm -hmm. And we'll see if it works or not. But I think from a vibe perspective, one, I mean, if I was a pro athlete, I would nuke my social media. You wouldn't catch me anywhere near any of that because it's just not helpful at all. Mm -hmm. But the other part of it is got to – Primo number one, the vibe's got to be good. Otherwise, you're just not going to be able to perform. Because if your mental game's off, you're not sleeping, you're not eating properly, your recovery's all messed up, and then then you're scoring 10 instead of 25. Yeah, for yeah. sure. All right, so a, a few things. The vibes to... matter. That's what we're going to put that on a shirt. Vibes, vibes matter. Vibes matter. <laughs> all right. I got a few things to show there. Number one, for, quick story uh, about just the pressure of playing in a certain city versus another. I was in Florida. I, I told this story before. Uh, doing an event with Barkov, and we're on the beach in Florida, and Hockey Shot built a hockey rink on the beach out of synthetic ice. And Barkov was facing off against Pavel Barber, right? Stick handling specialist. 
I, I don't know how well it was advertised. I don't think we're really trying to sell tickets or anything. It was more to get the, the videos and the shots. It was a social media campaign for it. About yeah. 30 people showed up to watch that, right? right? So Man, I would have shown up. <laughs> Damn. That's what I'm saying. So the beach, hockey, NHL player, local NHL player, What you'd think it'd be packed. If the star player, like yeah. Barkov was, and it, like he is the star, but it's not like he had just came to the team and like no one knew about him. He's, he was He's been captain. there for a long time. He was the captain there, yeah. right? So Barkov's on the beach facing off against Barber, and like a small amount of people came out. It, it wasn't uh, crazy, like beaches packed, couldn't move, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Right. And then at some point, Barkov's like, oh, like, uh, where's the bathroom? I was like, oh, I think it's down, the, down there. I got to walk anyways. It was about a block walk. And he has, it's, it's Barkov uh, in his Barkov jersey <laughs> with the captain. His, logo. his name is on the back, and, and we're just walking <laughs> down this main strip in Fort Lauderdale. And no one stopped. No one looked at him. No one honked. No car even. They probably thought down. that it was someone what? wearing a Barkov jersey <laughs> with you. <laughs> we we walked together for like ten minutes to, or like maybe five minutes to this public bathroom. Used it. Walked back the other way, and just, there was just nothing happened. I was like, "This is insane." Yeah. How is it, like what is what is hockey even in Florida? Well, it's crazy. When I went to Florida with you, another quick story. We, I was in uh, the elbow room. Yeah, and huh. uh, we were just chilling at the at the bar, and then we see over. That's Fort, Fort Lauderdale as well. It's just like a little corner yeah. bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the the Leafs had just played Florida. It's like game night, and Huberto just set the point record for the franchise, and him and uh, Mike Hoffman walk in, and they're just they're just chilling, talking with like whoever they came with, friends or whatever, and everyone's just enjoying the bar. It's like a small bar. No one's talking to them. So I go up, and I'm just shooting the shit. Hi, I know about hockey. I was like, congrats on setting the point record tonight or whatever, and I was just chatting with him and Mike Hoffman primarily or whatever. I have a photo with them, but it's like, yeah, if you don't know hockey, you just don't know who they are. So Yeah, you're yeah. on vacation from, like, Wisconsin. Yeah. Right? You don't – Yeah, who? who? <laughs> yeah. What's hockey? Meanwhile, Messi can't even go to the grocery store now without know, yeah, being, I know. like, uh, accosted. We got people – like, somebody – I saw on TikTok, somebody was, like – they analyzed what was in his shopping basket and then, like – went and got all the same stuff because they want to eat like messy i'm like you see oh that's crazy yes, yes. Right. but if you can like jeremy you're talking about like with barkov or like even going to a bar where hubert was like there is no chance that could happen here like i live near the famous steakhouse in toronto where the leafs always go mm. and like they have to put them in a in the kind of like the upstairs back room because They'll be having dinner, and, like, someone will just walk up to Matthews and be like, oh, like, this is what I think of your game. And it's like, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's freaking, like, yeah, November. Bonkers, Leave the yeah. guy alone. Uh-huh. Like, like yeah. the, I don't know who you are, and I don't care about your opinions. <laughs> what, do, what do they say? I can't believe you didn't get another hat trick. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I can't believe you scored, but the goal got called back. <laughs> oh, my God. And then just talking Some about- of the things that you see are just, like, absolutely wild in Toronto. Like, people just think they have a license to do anything. Well, and it's like, man, like, yes, they play for the hockey team, but I don't come out and tell you how to do your job. Like, mm-hmm. Matthews is not going to show up at Canadian Tire and tell the cashier how to do their job. Uh, yeah. So, like, maybe don't maybe show up to a it. restaurant and tell him how to do things. Maybe yeah. just enjoy it. I got a great segue there, speaking of Canadian Tire and the Leafs. My brother, and, and randomly approaching people, my brother is one of those idiots. He was, <laughs> he was in college, uh, back when he was in or, sorry, university, and I think he was in London. Where did he get that gene from? I thought you grew up on a farm. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. He, so the, he's at a bar, I think, in London. Maybe he was in Toronto. I'm not 100% sure on the details. Uh, Ty Domi 
is in the bar oh. with a few of the Leafs guys. And he's like, oh my gosh, that's what Ty a Domi, fella. Right? Oh, that's Ty Domi. That's so cool. Right? And like a, a golden I saw him retriever, on the Comcast commercial. Like, like a golden retriever runs up to him. Yeah. And he's like, oh my gosh, Ty Domi. Like, I, I love you. Can you autograph? And he's like, he pulls out his wallet. He's just looking for something from the sign. Yeah. Right? And he pulls out, <laughs> he pulls out a 25 cent Canadian tire bill. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. <laughs> <laughs> Domi Domi just looks at it, rips it in half, throws it on the ground. No way. Oh my God. My brother's like, what the hell, man? But I was saving up for a basketball net. (laughs) Isn't that like illegal? Like ripping money? Oh, yeah. Just not not the. the, It's technically a coupon. The king of Canadian tire. Yeah. Anyways. uh, Oh my God. But then Domi felt bad after and bought him a beer. Oh. So That's even better. He had Domi buy him a beer. And now he has a yeah. fun story and a beer. Yeah. yeah. Now he's hanging. Now he's hanging out with Drake. That's what I'm saying. That's like you just sometimes just. Dang. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not my brother, Ty Domi. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's like yeah. Sometimes just leave people alone. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Just, just they're, give, they're give still them. people. No, yeah. I think it's like if if yeah, like if they've affected your life in a certain way and like going up and. Like, you're, like, you know what I mean? You're never going to see him again. Why not go up to him? Like, what do you mean? Like, he's like, yeah, like, I'm here. This is the moment. Sign gonna... a, I, hey, you're trying to have fun with your friends. Please sign my Canadian. T- <laughs> yeah, like, Domi, like, that's, that's part of there's... being an athlete and being in that spotlight. It's going to have to happen. You got to, like, kind of accept it. There's, you know? there's, I think there's a time and a place for everything, right? Yeah. Like, I think if you look at it and they're, like, right outside the rink or they're walking to the rink or they're not busy doing something, right? Then I think it's totally fine. But if you're like a like a sixty year old man who wants Austin Matthews to sign thirty pictures so you uh, can sell them online, yeah, yeah, yeah. that oh, yeah. I think he can here. tell you to pound salt. Yeah. But if a young child, like if my godson my who's six years pound old, salt, I like that, runs saying. up to Matthews and is wearing a Leafs jersey, like Matthews would never yeah. say no to that. No. Yeah. Right. So I think it's like one of those things where it's like if you're obviously just trying to make a buck off this guy, I don't care. If he says no, but if it's a child, I don't think I've ever seen a hockey player turn that down because one, they love kids, but two, it's time and place, right? They're out. If they're out with their buddies, like maybe Mm -hmm. don't interrupt and start trying to like break down the playoffs last year with them. Yeah. 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 I saw Matthews when he was giving away his first star stick, he threw it over the, over the boards and he was trying to get it to the one kid and some guy grabbed it. And and then you see Matthews look at him, like kind of put his hands out, like, and then uh, what are you he's doing? like he's like pointing at the kid, like give it to the kid, and then he gives it to him, and he just shakes his head and skates away. Uh, <laughs> he's like, "What are you doing, buddy? Hilarious. Like, obviously it's for the kid, not yeah, you." <laughs> yeah, I was uh, chilling with him at um, in Toronto at an event with Scotiabank, and there was a bunch of uh, kids that 
Uh, we're playing like ball hockey at uh, I think it's called the landing pad or something like that. I don't know. It's, it's like a community. Oh area. yeah, the MLSE launch pad. Launch pad. That launch was pad. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so he's playing ball hockey with the kids, and it's funny. He came in like his. He's dressed up, right? Because he's getting his picture taken, all that stuff. Yeah. And then his um, agent or whoever his handler was is like, "Oh yeah, he's not gonna play. Like he's just gonna like coach on the bench." And and he walks up. He's like, you know, coaching. He's like. Can I uh, like get a stick and get in there? <laughs> right. And the people are like, Yeah, yeah. Do you want to? He's like, Yeah, yeah. I want to go play. <laughs> it's, right? like, it's like, Why am I here if I'm not going to touch a ball or right? a puck? <laughs> so it's funny because like they set like here's the boundaries. Yeah. And when he actually shows up, like he's having a great time. He's chilling. I think he was like 19 or 20. Well, at that's the, time. the same thing with all. Of, like we've had a couple uh, meetings with Sheldon Keith now. Too, yeah. And they like said it's like okay, you can ask these questions. Mm. But then people go and just ask a question, and and Sheldon Keith is like, Yeah, ready to answer it. What's the what's the um, the director of like uh, media for the least. Steve Keogh. Steve yeah, Keogh. Yeah, we met there. him too. He was sick, and he was just kind of. You could see his eyes going in the background, like, "Okay, is is this okay? Is is he going to answer this or no? Should I jump in?" <laughs> like always ready. <laughs> yeah, Ma- no, Sheldon's a good dude. Yeah, Sheldon's solid. Mm-hmm. So Matthew's just saying like definitely uh, great with handling the attention and all the media, and like like you're saying about with kids and stuff. Like he was right in there, super engaging. Uh, stayed after and then there was a climbing wall there and he's like hey can I like uh, climb that climbing wall so they said <laughs> they set up the leaves like hang post. on a minute <laughs> yeah, yeah so well they sure, set, just sign this waiver well they set up a, a time for him to come like it's like yeah we'll get you on there he's like sweet I'm gonna come back and do the climbing wall later so that's hilarious yeah he's just there for a good time right uh, and then you were just imagine talking- he like it's it's like March they're getting ready to gear up for the playoffs and it's like Matthews is out indefinitely how did he why is he out oh he hurt himself rock climbing yeah, like, what rock climbing <laughs> on the climbing wall you wanna- <laughs> So, some eight-year-old pushed him off the climbing. Yeah. They didn't strap the harness in properly, and he's yeah. just dangling from yeah, the wall. The like, most difficult uh, route on the climbing wall. Yeah. Rachel, you were talking about vibes, and vibes matter. Could you create a vibes model? Like, which team is having the best vibes right now? I don't know if I could actually... Vibes, yeah. Dude, puck daddy per 60. I'm a big, like, per 60 nonsense girl, so I'll be like mutant behavior per 60 is mm. like trending upwards i don't know if you could do a vibes one though i wish if i honestly jeremy if yeah. i can create a vibes model you guys will be the first to know let's brainstorm real quick they have you gotta ca- yeah they have camera vibes. technology that can detect smiles so okay. we can just set it up in front of the bench and the most smiles on the bench well, is the most vibes you see like <laughs> stick slamming vibes are down yes like, yeah. <laughs> smile detection that's one um, we need to monitor sort of social media terms that are being used around that captions. team. Captions. Right? The positive Keywords and captions, maybe? Yeah, like uh, some sort of uh, yeah. word cloud. Yeah. Um, emojis. Yeah. Okay, emoji. yes. Yeah, that's huge. What team has the best emoji rank? Coaches yelling or not. Yeah. Um, are, are we bringing weather? Dean Evison the other night. <laughs> oh, against the vibes Leafs, Minnesota? Bad. Yeah, vibes are bad yeah. on that bench. <laughs> oh, true, true. Yeah, you, you need a special uh, monitor just for the coach, mm-hmm. right? Because the coach leader and the captain i guess coaching captain yeah you know, special mm-hmm. rank uh what about weather like winnipeg are vibes always down in winnipeg and always up in florida because weather well, yeah i, I mean that's like got anywhere be climate anywhere in so i noticed this like my doctor was actually concerned when i moved to vancouver mm-hmm. just from like a, i've been super open publicly about like some of the mental health stuff i i battle on a daily basis mm-hmm, right. and he was like um yeah so vitamin d because you will not see the sun mm-hmm. for like six straight months. It's very and it's like, rainy okay, and it's not, cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even though it doesn't snow that much, when you don't see the sun for six months, like, yeah. I'm sorry, but 
your girl needs yeah. sunshine, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Yeah, I'm not saying I yeah. need to walk down the street in a bathing suit, but I'm saying I need to like look at the sun and wear some so sunglasses, things like that. Like si- absorb it, absorb the next that six sun. leg yeah. parlay that you hit. You hop on Amazon and buy one of these like uh, tanning uh, sauna, like infrared <laughs> sauna type things, so you can just like kind of absorb. I don't know. There must be something like that, eh? Like uh, there's a. Uh, I started doing this thing recently because the there's like a. Not a med spa, but it's like, honestly, you should just call it the vibe spa. Um, you, you can go and there's like, it's like a sauna, red light therapy and Mm. like the uh, ice bath. So it's like helps with like the dopamine, the serotonin, like all those hormones that people far smarter than me can like tell you what they do. And I find that like the red light therapy has actually been really helping. So now I've started doing that with like the cold tub, which is. The vibes are solid. When I walk out of the vibe spa, vibes are they're rocking. <laughs> right. So I'm, that's... I'm a cold plunge guy. I got one in, in on my patio. It's nice. It's Ooh. like I don't know what it does, but it fires me up, and it just I don't know. You feel good coming out of it. I did it with you once, and I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah. Um, Connor Carrick it's is the also... dopamine. They like if that's they say. Is? I read about it. Like if you get. Um, that, you know, like your brainstem, the thing that like sticks down to the back of your neck, into your neck. Mm-hmm. If you submerge that for, I think it's like three minutes in cold plunge, okay. um, it triggers the, a dopamine release in your head, which increases like your ability to be alert, your ability to focus. And it allows, dopamine allows other negative hormones to be released out of your brain. Whoa. So it just allows like a more sharper focus. You feel better about yourself, things like that. So that's why they recommend it like a couple times a week. Wait, so so my, my psychiatrist was like, get your butt in a, a cold plunge like a couple times a week. Unreal. So the like, water <laughs> level should be like, not just the shoulders. I got to get it to the, okay. Okay. I got yeah. to slouch a little down in there, get a little more in there. I usually uh, hold my breath and like dunk my whole head for on like 20 yep. seconds to like at the start and at the finish but mm-hmm. i think get a little that's lower. good do you find like chippy i don't know if you do it too but do you guys find that like when you get in the cold plunge you basically can't move because if you move you feel colder yeah the, especially in the thing. hands like my hands I, I give myself cold. a hug like this so i put the fingertips <laughs> under the armpits just so my fingertips don't get so cold and i do that for like the first two minutes and then at that point i've kind of like mentally just accepted it taken over everything and i'm just <laughs> like everything is fine everything is good nothing is wrong and then i can move and it doesn't matter it's like my body is just adjusted and uh then i usually leave my arms out for like the last minute or so so just to like get the full exposure right but yeah i don't know it's i don't i do know if you start moving around like right away yeah it gets it gets real chilly i think you you just oh, man. naturally build like a little thermal layer around you or something you know what i mean yeah. Like a Husky's base layer. <laughs> well, you know, you wear a wetsuit, you get the, the, yeah, you know, your body probably creates like a little layer or something. I or you know. just get more used to it, I think. Yeah. Like you accept yeah. it more. I guess it's like wind. Wind blows on you. It's a mental battle. Yeah. I had to sit in one for like five minutes once and I was like, my God, I can't, I can't do this. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, but are you saying that while you're in it? Because I think that's part of the benefit. Oh. Yeah, it's like I, I feel like I'm that little engine that could. It's like, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Yeah. That's and then 10 more seconds. Yeah, 10 like more seconds. Starts. Yeah. Well, that's what I love. It the basically most feels like a marathon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like when you're in it, you're like, I, I try to do a mind over matter thing. Like, this is fine. It's okay. It's just a slight thing, right? You know what I mean? And, and try to win yeah. that three minutes. And then if I can overcome that, then it's like, you know, oh, this is nothing. And then once you get used to it, You've already tricked your brain after like a few weeks in a row. And now you just hop in. You're like, yep, every day, right? 
mm-hmm. and I try to think of oh. like you know bad things happen. That's fine. Uh, it's it's just a short. It's a temporary. Um, we'll get out of here and things will be better, right? I don't know. I just try to go through all these little mind over matter type things while I'm in right. it. You have a. I've you could been... do like meditation in there too. Like yeah. that's solid. Like you just. I put the calm app on. Find like a five minute meditation. Then I know when it's done. Like I'm allowed to get out. So it's just like okay, I'm gonna compartmentalize a focus on my meditation so that hopefully my body doesn't realize that I'm torturing it with yes. this. Love that. <laughs> love that. I love it. No, I, I was doing that the odd time as well. You just basically just try to zone out completely. And yeah. so it's like, okay, like nothing even exists right now. Cause then you just don't think of the cold. Right. right? Just, just think of nothing. I think all. that's the hardest thing to do, man. And think I think nothing. that I'm going to reward myself with either chicken nugs or pizza <laughs> when I'm done. So it's like, I've done all this work on, on my health and I'm simply going to go eat 10 chicken nuggets. <laughs> balance. Now. balance. Yeah. You need balance out here. I love this. I cannot wait for the vibes model uh, to come out. Yeah. Uh, tell me real quick about red light therapy. Cause I don't really know much about that. I was just about to say, you have an email in your inbox about someone offering you one. Oh, super. <laughs> what um, great timing. My fitness has a red light uh, that I I've done once. Okay. Connor Carrick it's spoke highly skin, of it. Isn't it. It's good for yes. your skin, right? It's good for um, your. Connor Carrick does it frequently as well, and he's yeah. a health nut for sure. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. All right. So. So, I met Connor Carrick in uh, Toronto, and then in New Jersey, and so we've kept in touch. And he actually, uh, when he came on my podcast, we talked about red light therapy, mm. and he's like a big mental health guy too. So we've kind of chatted and he's asked me for different strategies. I've asked him kind of bouncing ideas off each other, but he mentioned that there's a nerve sort of component to the red light therapy. And that was really interesting for me because at the time when I was going through this, I didn't have any feeling in both of my ring and pinky fingers. Cause I had suffered like a really bad neck injury when I was 16. Dang. So I had lost feeling in four of my 10 fingers Is that from gymnastics? And for like years. And so I was like, I'm trying to figure out like how I can do this. And he said, you should try red light therapy because apparently red light therapy, what it does is if you put it in, like if you do focus red light therapy, which is what I did. So like they basically just like put red light therapy kind of like right where the nerves were supposed to generate. Right. It helps your cells regenerate faster because your cells regenerate faster in sort of like a, an incubation hmm. kind of um environment which is why like if babies come out too early like they go in the icu they go in like an incubator kind of thing right um that's effectively what it is loosely and so it just helps cell regeneration um so if you're somebody that has like maybe depleted red blood cells depleted any kind of cells um they recommend red like uh red light therapy because it can help your body regenerate healthy cells a lot quicker huh and so it's Super for anybody that's been sick or it helps NHLers use it, athletes use it because of recovery. It just helps their bodies regenerate more. But I mean, I did red light therapy for three months on uh, the nerves in my arms. And now like I have 85% feeling back in all of my fingers, wow. which is like, I will take after having zero for yeah. eight years, I'll take 85%. Great success story like, for wow. sure. I know Jeremy's next setup. It's going to be. Go from red light therapy in the garage, walk out to the sauna, hey, don't forget, to the sauna, then go into the cold, cold plunge. plunge. And then don't forget the mushrooms, the lion's mane oh. mushrooms. Great for... Uh, Yo, lion's mane's good stuff, man. Yeah. It prevents Alzheimer's. I'm, I'm you know, I could, okay, I need to come to Jeremy's place. He's got a sauna and a cold plunge. Like, whoa, whoa, time out. Yeah. We got the uh, the vibe spot. And the sport court home. right next hey, to it. Yeah. We don't have to go to the vibe spot. We got the vibe spot at home. Yeah, the vibe spot at home. Actually, pretty good. Oh, it's actually, yeah. <laughs> 
Missing the red light. Hey, I mean, considering how much I pay the Vibe Spa here, it's probably cheaper on gas for me to drive to wherever you live <laughs> and then drive home because, like, a freaking membership at the Vibe Spa is like 300 bucks a month. And you like, get the meditative state of the drive oh, back home man. as well after because you just it, that's the only way you can get through it to get back into toronto is just meditate well <laughs> wait until we got the skating trail installed and you can skate right down to the sauna mm. right then oh uh, see my old man has uh two like a Olymp- bigger than olympic size kind of spring-fed ponds on his property oh yeah that's so nice. like during covid i was ripping i'll send you guys a picture after but i was just ripping around we just put a net on mm. and i think like he has two ponds and i think the sizing we measured it one day and it's like 380 feet long and like 200 feet wide. Wow. That's hard to maintain. Hey, that's a lot of shoveling. Well, nothing yeah, better than pond. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. We only shovel part of it. Yeah. <laughs> and there yeah. was, there's none of that. I'd, I'd have a tractor for sure. For yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just talking about red light, I remember uh, talking to Bryce Salvador, and he has a. Uh, Bryce? Yeah, the, the Players Tribune has an article if you're going through hell. And he's talking about red light therapy and how it helped him. I forget his injury, but I think like he got hit so hard, like his eyeball like disconnected from his brain or something crazy like that. God, and maybe maybe I'm I'm misplacing that injury on him, but he definitely had some sort of vision concussion like mm. uh, issues. And yeah, he did. Yeah, he he basically had to he used the red light uh, therapy. He had to go into hotel rooms and switch out all the light bulbs for red lights. Uh, like, wow. uh, it was like really messing with him and he, he went to see like this really special doctor that did like uh, training to train his eyeball how to like look at things and I don't know like regrow the muscles right there. and basically he was, he was out of the league if that didn't happen and he, he managed to like recover from it but it's a pretty like, fascinating article, I'm gonna so. have to text him about this <laughs> I need I can't believe I worked with him for like two years in New Jersey and this never came no, up I, 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 gonna have, I now have to find out about this read his article first because I might be misquoting so many things it's called uh, if you're going through hell and it's uh, there's about a 60% chance that Jeremy misquoted something because <laughs> oh, I, I, I probably just mixed like three stories up there but but it's still <laughs> the, there is a lot that can be done health wise is yeah. what you're saying that's yeah. the moral I just yeah, but I would be careful because some people they just get like lights that are colored red and tell you it's red light therapy. Mm-hmm. Like, right? Some people try and sell you a bill of goods for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Before we, there's uh, a lot of those people on the internet right now. Like, I'm seeing it with like the gambling side of it. It's like some Twitter account with like 300 followers is like subscribe to my Discord and I have a gambling track record. I'm like, <laughs> a track record of what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. And they're just selling you crap. Like yesterday, someone was like. Austin Matthews, like, he's going to go on a cold streak. It starts tonight. I was like, uh, who's telling you this? Where are you getting this information? Like, Yeah, well, and it's also very easy to say that after he scored three goals and then three goals because chances are he won't score another three goals. So then it, even if he just yeah. gets one, you're like, see, the cold streak is starting. <laughs> right? Oh, it's a cold <laughs> streak. Because it's all relative, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like last year you got 40 goals, and that was bad for him, which – Actually, yeah, it Which is, is hilarious bad for him. To think about. But like, that's just that's like a career year for ninety percent of the league. I, I also heard about like ninety nine probably yeah. some email thing. They used it for stocks, but you could use the same thing for like gambling if you wanted. Basically, you email like just cold email like uh, ten thousand people. Five thousand say Austin Matthews is going to score tonight. Five thousand say he won't. Right. right? And then you follow, like, whichever one you got right, you follow up. Okay, Matthews, same thing. You split it each time until 
you get you create down the, a reputable source that right. people will trust everything you once say. You get, once you narrow that list down to about 200 people, you were right like 10 times, or my math is probably wrong, we'll say seven times in a row. Yeah. Right? And then there's like, yes, this guy knows exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> no, it was just, yeah. just whittled down. Not even, list. yeah, like yeah. not even, I do, I'm a big stock girl just because of my undergrad, like I took a ton of like stock courses and okay. being a complete like AI math nerd, right? that's like an easy source of kind of income, but it's like the amount of people online like i have friends who actually run like kind of a stock discord but these are guys who used to work on wall street right. so objectively speaking they know what they're doing mm -hmm. and they see guys on twitter that are just like sending out like oh i'm taking this and i'm like that's not like if you're taking that you're gonna lose all your money in about four seconds like right. don't do this but they sell it like they're basically the Connor mcdavid of stock market and it's they the buy all their followers and i'm like right. man stop getting sold a bill of goods like if you if the person's afraid to put their name behind gambling stocks like anything like that you should take that with a grain of salt because like i use my regular name for anything gambling related because you should be able to trust that like this is what i'm saying if you don't trust me like that's fine i'm not gonna get angry at you but you're not gonna follow some random dude that's like cheddar bob thinking that he's going to be trustworthy because Apes he's not even willing together. to put his name on it you, you, you put your well, name cheddar on bob's it. got some good picks who knows maybe he's into the crypto maybe he got into the crypto a little early and cheddar bob was actually predicting some stuff all right so i got two more questions now and then you got into stocks so the first one is just sports related what sport do your does your models and your analytics what sport do they work the best on uh baseball okay so th that's baseball why because ball. it's just um, yeah because right, the stat th there's also to be fair baseball has a lot more stats to pull from the nhl is kind of gatekeepy about a lot of their stats. Ah, dude hockey is such a dynamic. it's also not accurate in the nhl yeah <laughs> so I'm, I'm just saying like hockey is such a dynamic weird random like there's balances it's so hard to predict i just feel that some sports would be easier more predictable than hockey i feel like but, ufc but the, i feel yeah, like ufc so... would be the most predictable no well, don't, I only two don't have though, models so. for UFC just because I don't know enough about the sport to know like what the inputs would be. Mm -hmm. um, I've started kind of only because my brother asked me to, to build a golf model. Right. But the only individual sport model I've ever built is a tennis one. And I don't think it was very good, but like compared to my other models, but like in terms of compared to the market, it was good. Right. So it's kind of one of those things with, whereas with baseball, everything, the reason why you can do it in baseball is because everything is a binary. So in soccer, in hockey, it's a flow game, right? Every mm. puck's buzzing around, the ball's buzzing around, like anything can happen. Whereas in baseball on any given pitch, there's a finite amount of outcomes. You can get a certain amount of out possibilities, a certain amount of hit possibilities. Mm -hmm. like there's only, I think it's like 37 possibilities Whereas in hockey, it could be literally anything. The puck could bounce off a stanchion, hit some dude in the head, and go in the net. The ref could kick like, it in. <laughs> and it, it happened. Kevin Bieksa is a game-winning goal in Vancouver. Right? Headbutt. Yeah. And then the oh, no, final, it, right? So puck came off the stanchion, works. and he yeah. slap shot in. No one even saw the puck go in. <laughs> yeah, like, it works the best in baseball. Like, my ROI on baseball this year has been, like, incredible. Um, I've started. It's been I, – I don't use the AI model for baseball just because – I don't really have to. Mm -hmm. um, whereas in NFL, like football, I use the AI and now it's starting to become more accurate. And I'm going to input weather as well because hopefully I think like that'll that'll help out. But right. it, I don't use it as like a, I have to bet on every single thing. 
what I'll do is like, okay, the model says X and that's sort of the boundary of what I'll go and look for. So it'll be like Joe Burrow under, there's value on Joe Burrow under passing yards this past weekend. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder why. Then I go dig in. I realize, okay, his offensive line might as well be like built of straw. Like it's useless. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jamar Chase has had more drops this year than any other year. T Higgins has not been good. So he really only has Tyler Boyd as a dependable pass catcher and a just God awful offensive line. So yeah. Okay. It kind of makes sense that if you go hand. under the line. <laughs> I saw, I saw Joe Burrow play the, the Titans in Tennessee like a couple weeks ago and they got smoked. <laughs> so, okay. so, so, yeah. right. so, and then you've got like, um, what's his name? Just automatic Travis Kelsey. Like I just automatic every single time. TD. Like you just, TD, uh, over receptions, over receiving. So do you, so do you give these picks out or is it, is it just <laughs> like, like, how do I subscribe? Is to there this, a link though? to a discord? We gotta... <laughs> Chibi, we'll saying. chat. Okay. Um, we do like, there's, there's certain people. So I, I think this is a really important conversation to have where, as it pertains to gambling, like there's a difference between giving picks out and like research. So like, if you see my stuff on the hockey news, I'm like, these are the picks with the most value. Or these yeah, are the that's picks what I was going to say. Like, you don't want to get, like, people, you Showing say something, and now it's like, oh, you lost me all this. Like, that's where I feel like it could get dicey. So, like, yeah, like, you maybe provide the research, but don't say, hey, go make yeah. this Well, pick. anything is never a gambling recommendation. That's just what, like, I, a blanket statement. I right? feel that Yeah, like, this is not financial advice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like the, the knowledge you have and the information you're providing is just wasted on us peasants. Like some company should be paying you six or seven figures for this type of information. Like, you, is that where that you're going with this? Like, do you, is is there like a path for what you do, or like, is it kind of like me and Chip? Are you, are you doing it? Yeah, like I, I don't know. Like for social media, for us, like my the job I'm doing now didn't exist when I was in high school or college. Like, they I couldn't have taken a class for what we do, and now we're making a full time. Like it, it's it's my career. It's what I do for a living. So is that sort of the case for you, or do you have a defined path where you're trying to get to? So I think it's kind of twofold, right? I really, um, I enjoy the social media aspect because I get to meet guys like you, right? But then the part of like, and it's twofold, being a female is one, but then generally speaking, you have a bunch of guys that aren't willing to put their name on anything, but aren't like you guys. Like Chippy doesn't want to put his name out there because people are like harassing him. But then you have the dummies online that are like, I don't want to put my name out there because I don't want people to know who I am when I harass them. Right. And it's those people that make it right. super difficult to be kind of social media. I enjoy that part though, because I get to meet people like you guys. And I think generally speaking, the way I take it is I want to educate people on it. I don't just want to hand out pics. Like I want to interact with people. I want to collab. I want to have fun. Mm -hmm. But then there's the other side of it. I'm not allowed to bet on soccer for a very specific reason. Right. And that's because somebody in soccer has paid me enough money for me to go Okay, I will shut up online about soccer huh. kind of thing. That's and so I, there's a couple, there's, I would prefer if a gambling company just said, here's a check for like 5 million bucks, we'll buy your model for you. Cause like companies yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. cause then I'll just go on a vacation. You guys can come join me. We'll just go I'm on a boat and Here like drink beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Exactly. <laughs> right. So I don't mind, like, I like that part of it, but I think there's a real, um, like you said, this job didn't exist like a couple, even a couple years ago. Cause it wasn't legal here. I think that there's a real opportunity to be different in like the sports gambling space. 
I don't want to be the person that just hands out picks. I want to be the person that's like, here is how you look for it. Here's what value means. Here is Teach how you can actually... Teach a man to fish versus give him a fish, right? That's mm. the... Exactly. Yeah. Or like, talk about player analysis. Like... Chippy does his skids. Jeremy, you teach kids, and you, not even kids, like you teach people hockey skills and like how to do things. And I'm doing that, hopefully, but for gambling sides of it, right? I want to actually teach you as opposed to just like you come to my page, you look at a thing, and you just take it. Like I don't, I don't right. really like that. And so I think, yeah, like there's, it's twofold for me. Like I have a data consulting business where um, financial companies actually ask me for there insights on. Right. Their that's what I'm saying. That's where you need yeah, to be. Like, like, that's, yeah. like, so, so on like that, a digital course. On that, like... on that note of, uh, helping people, um, mm-hmm. like teaching or whatever, if you could give us advice on the Tim Hortons picks, what would be like the three <laughs> things that we should look for when making a pick? <laughs> Yeah. Um, if you could, pick I like three. you guys enough. I'll send you what my model spits out every day. Uh, no, no, you don't have um, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'll subscribe. <laughs> I'll subscribe. I, I want to learn. Jeremy's though. like, I'm in. What? <laughs> Jeremy's like, give me the oh, end result. Yeah, I want to know the wants process. To learn how to fish here. Yeah. Hayden exactly. wants to be a fisherman here. I, I just want free. Hayden coffee. wants. To right, I just want free coffees. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm yeah, I'm allergic to coffee, so you can have all the coffee. That's I. I just want a donut. Just get me a Timbit. Burger. You know um, what's funny is that I hit like the seven day streak a few times and it gives you uh, f- uh, free coffee for a week. Yeah. I just never got one because I wake up in the morning and make coffee here. I'm not driving. To, it's inconvenient for me, you know? Yeah. yeah you live. Yeah, there. that's fair. Like if you live like where I live, like my home at home, like when I'm at my mom's place, we bought this new place like on a lake nice. and it's like, it is a freaking trek. Yeah. <laughs> for me to get my chicken nuggets now and i do not like it after the cold i plunge, don't like it you're like what the heck am i yeah. supposed to do N- nothing is convenient is, on yes nothing's convenient when you live in a life. you can take your chicken nuggets out of the cold plunge because that's the freezer and then put them in the oven <laughs> so I, I thought of having go. like eating some growing hot peppers mm. so take a hot mm. pepper start ch- chomping on it then hop in the cold plunge and fight both of those what are you that what's that guy are you trying to give yourself goggins? a heart attack like what's what that crazy fitness influencer guy goggins what's David his goggins? David goggins. Goggins. Yeah. what are you trying to be him just put yourself through as much that pain as possible not. i don't know <laughs> i, I saw so when i worked in new jersey david goggins came and did like a three-day seminar for like people bought tickets people paid like five thousand dollars for tickets to this guy it's, i was like not, i wouldn't oh, pay, like he, that's a purse I can go get a purse Excuse for five me. grand. Excuse me, you can get a purse yeah. for about fifty bucks at Walmart. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, so I can get a nice purse. These, these speeches, yeah, he's. Yeah. Oh, people. But people pay a the lot. Amount of stuff, and he was like, "I'm gonna teach you how to walk on glass." And I sat there, I was like, "Why would literally anybody want to do that? You could simply not walk on glass." Yeah. Like, I, how about yes. teach me but not it's to? It's the do online that. guru model, though. You know. You, yeah. You, you speak, oh, become man. a motivational like The amount speaker. of online gurus that I see now, I'm like, especially maybe because you I to do win sports life. gambling. <laughs> but just generally speaking, like, I'll see somebody be like, I'm a hockey guru online, and I'm not going to name names. Mm-hmm. But there are always these guys, and they're like, I'm a hockey guru. And then I'm like, okay, like, let's see what this guy's about, because maybe <laughs> we can, like, interact and collab. I click on this guy's stuff, and I'm like, if I showed this to anybody who knew anything about hockey, they would fire me out of a cannon. Oh, my like, gosh. <laughs> what is going on here Mm -hmm. and so i think for tim hortons like i think it's kind of like a nice fun thing you can do yeah if you're gonna do research and you're not gonna be lazy or you're not gonna blindly follow some rando picks online what you should do is look who's playing who Mm -hmm. right so you want to look tonight for example carolina's playing san jose right you look at a couple things one 
opponent matchups. So like, does one team give up a ton of shots versus another team? Mm. So in Carolina and San Jose's case, San Jose gives up a ton of shots because they're not a good hockey team. And Carolina is a volume shooting team, which means they're going to have a ton of shooting opportunities. Likely means a lot of rebounds. Mackenzie Blackwood spits out rebounds like they're free candy, but he makes a ton (laughs) of saves. So now you're looking at, okay, higher, lower. They're probably candidates for higher, especially when you look at volume shooters, guys like Brent Burns, Sebastian Ajo, Martin Nietzsche, like those guys, Mm -hmm. you would look at those kinds of things. Or you find lines that are lower than they should be. Really good example right now is Logan Cooley. Mm. So Logan Cooley's shot line is like one and a half. Guy has three shots in all of his games so far, three or more. Bedard's was two and a half or three and a half. Guy has like five, six shots in every single game. It's like, okay, are there trends that I should be looking at? Who are they playing? Are they hot? Yeah. Right. So McDavid power play point right now, automatic bet for me because oh. I get it at good value and it pretty much hits in every freaking game. Yeah. Right. So well, when you're you look at the <laughs> uh, top three power play point uh, getters from last season, uh, McDavid, and then Drysaddle, oh, yeah. and then Nugent Hopkins. Yeah. Uh, I wonder. Common denominator. <laughs> and, and they also had the Jeez. best power play percentage ever since they started tracking that stat. Mm-hmm. So is that good? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I look at, so I'll look at my projections, but if you don't have projections and not everybody does, like I understand not everyone has five months to sit down and make something like this. Yeah. Only two months over here for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you just, then people just text people like me and they're like, Hey, like my uncle will text me every day at clockwork, like 11 AM. I'm like morning skate hasn't happened yet. Pound salt. Like, I don't know what the lineup is. And so for me, like, I see people giving out picks at like 10 a.m. I'm like, you don't even know who the starting goalie is. What are Mm -hmm. you doing? Like, if you're giving out picks and you don't know who the goalie is, we got to have a chat. Because that's not a thing. (laughs) That's the, the, yeah, yeah, the guru. They're the people that need to follow their content schedule and get the content out on time, right? So how long (laughs) took Bedard is uh, in the top tier at uh, the Tim Hortons picks? (laughs) How long do you think? So, yeah, I look at. (laughs) probably throw them I look at the the trends. I look at. Yeah, all that stuff. I like right? that. I think so you gotta. It's about finding value. Like, can you find a guy who is on a good trend, but is maybe playing a team? So maybe he's undervalued on the Tim Hortons app, right? Mm, right. So uh, somebody like a Zach Benson would be super undervalued right now. Right. Nobody yeah. knows a ton about Logan Cooley, so mm. he's probably super undervalued right now. Connor Garland, generally speaking, plays on the third line, but now they're trying to boost his trade value, so he's up with Petey. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, I mean, if you're playing with Petey versus some third line player like anywhere in the league like if you're playing with Matthews versus I don't know David Camp obviously you're gonna have more opportunities to shoot the puck and score so you got to look at those things right so I look at lineups I look at starting goalies I look at trends and then I look at the projections and I say okay like kind of if somebody matches all four categories or three three and a half of the four that's who I go with right so I just had a cruel thought let's put her Horton's hires Rachel to do the Tim Hortons thing, and then no one can ever win again. That's terrible. <laughs> they already try to nuke it every every like once a week when there's been too many people getting everything right. They're just like, all right, we're just gonna put nothing but scrubs. In yeah, the lineup. like on the top tier. I'm like, where's McDavid? You where's have Matthews? oh, too many people with six days in a row. Let's uh, take uh, McDavid, Matthews, ever all the top players out. <laughs> so Rachel, are you ever betting not statistics? Like, are you ever going a gut bet? Like, is that out of your realm, or is it always? statistics her gut i feel like <laughs> yeah, she just it depends knows a lot more yeah the answer is it depends i would always recommend against just the simple gut bet mm. but 
you could tell like feel wise what's going on. And a prime example is the Leafs last night. Everybody sitting here knows that for whatever reason, when they are a massive favorite, they just cannot get it done. Backup goalies to bad teams and backup goalies. What they and and not just with this team, but statistic like even I don't know. It's been going on for forever. Since Kessel was on the squad, mm-hmm. Leafs just lose to bad teams, and then they'll go out and beat and the, the best other team. Thing, the other thing is, there's like this. It's I call it narrative street. Like, what's the narrative, right? So yesterday was Bryce Harper's birthday. Mm. He's also hot as hell in the playoffs. Like, guys just mashing every year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, narrative street. My model hasn't projected for like three point six bases. It's his birthday. Mm-hmm. He's playing in Philly. I'm gonna take this guy. He's like plus three sixty to hit a home run. Right. Second pitch he sees. Yeah. See you later. There so you like that kind of stuff. My model doesn't tell me to take it, but I do yeah. enough research. Yep. Or if I'm like, let's say I'm watching like a Leaf game, right? And I see like they're buzzing, right? Like, or they're getting buzzed against. Like they're just the live just bets soaking yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I do. I I like the live betting. The The live betting is the only time that I ever win anything, because I'm just getting a. There was. I'm trusting like what my eyes are seeing. Fair. And then I and then I'll if I'm live betting, then at least I have something visual to go off of. Whereas if it's like the research stuff, I have maybe like ten minutes to make a decision, and I only look at one side of the story, and then I, it's just a gamble at that point. But it's like I'm only putting so like I'll give you 50 the best cents example. on it, so I don't really care. But <laughs> oh, yeah, no, um, I'll give you the best example. So week one of the NFL season, Cowboys played the uh, the Giants in the Sunday Nighter, mm-hmm. and they won forty nothing. Like it was the single worst game I have probably ever seen. But I realized very quickly, like very early on, I was like, the Giants don't have the the line to deal with. Michael Parsons, Leighton Van Der Esch, like all of the Cowboys front seven, basically. Right. So every single drive, you can go on the betting app and you can go like, what's going to be the outcome of this drive? Uh, Every single drive, punt, 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 punt. I made like an un... I think I made like eight and a half units just betting on the Giants to not do jack all. Right. (laughs) Wow. And so Great. that's a feel bet. Yeah. That's a feel bet. There's no numbers that are going to tell me to do that. Yeah. That's right. a feel bet. So uh, I would say, Chippy, I don't use it for like bets pregame unless it's like a narrative kind of thing. But in game, it's all feel. I will not place a feel bet I like unless I am actively like dialed in watching that game. Here's the thing, though, is that I'm a you... feel bet guy. Well, I feel it. I'm feeling it. I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm all right, gonna... you gotta you gotta send me your feel bets. I gotta we well, gotta I see if they're, they're vibing anymore, the same. But I used to be like I used to bet on basketball. I thought I just I like Ooh. basketball. I like watching the games, and I was like super into that. I never bet on hockey. I've never bet on any other sport except for basketball. Have you been to a Raps game? I've been to one. I went to one in... Those are yeah. sick. Like, the Scotiabank Air Canada Center, whatever you want to call it, gets this, like, rep for being a morgue. And it's like, okay, two reasons. One, uh, tickets in the lower bowl on a oh. season ticket basis for the Leafs are, like, 50 grand a year. Yeah. So nobody can afford that. Yeah. Whereas if you go with the Raptors, now they're expensive because they won an actual championship. But generally speaking, like, that building is loud, loud. Yeah. Like, I've yeah. had beer poured on me in celebration with the Raptors. <laughs> with the Raptors, yeah, not not in Leafs games. All the, the the suits in the three in the 100 section in lower bowl just fill the suits. Mm-hmm. Right? Not even watching the game, looking at their phones. The Vegas game was... You know what the Leafs wild. should do, though? I was thinking about this. So, everyone who can afford season seats in, like, the Platinums, right? Not even the Reds or the Golds. Like, we're talking about the Platinums, mm-hmm. right? Where Larry Tannenbaum sits. 
those seats are, we're talking like 60 grand a year kind of thing. And everyone's wearing a freaking suit. What if the Leafs had like a coat check, but instead of coat check, it was jersey, jersey check, check because yeah, what you do is if you have those seats, you have access to a club, whether it's like the Air Canada Club, the Signature Club, the Sure Club, whatever. Right. What you should do is if you're at the you leave one of your jerseys because you definitely have more than one <laughs> at the rink. You show up to the game, hand in your suit jacket. Get your Leafs jersey, yeah, get put those it on, suit jackets and out you go out you. there. I love that. Get them at out least, of here. I don't want to see a suit you. in that building. At ever least it'll again. look good when it's on the replay. You know, see no suits in that and building again. If you my don't. old man when he went to the playoff game this year, he was like, "Screw this! I'm not wearing a suit." But he he had business meetings that day on Bay Street, which yep. is like Canada's Wall Street. Oh, right. He was like, "You know what? Screw it! It's Game Five, I think it was." He's like, it's game five. He went to the meetings in the Leaf jersey. Yeah, because he's like, I will not. No face paint as well. Let's do some face paint as well. Let's do it he all. closed those deals. You know? People like you. He actually did end up closing a customer Same. because the Same. customer was like, I kind of vibe kind with of the vibe fact with that you were like, yeah. we're going. It's like, yeah. it's like when yeah. you. you Suits, uh, are Suits are done. No one it's like jersey day, in, jersey day in school or whatever. It's like there's there's a certain level of respect if there's something happening right like yeah you just know that if you wear a leafs jersey game five bay street that, that he's <laughs> yeah, a real like one suits are just like, <laughs> like, oh, like you want that guy okay so i got a real. question for you guys about jerseys yeah. i need I, this is like i need to know what you guys think of this because like i've been wrestling with this what do we think of the the people who are our general age adults not children mm-hmm. that wear or that go and get jerseys with their last name on it, but they're like NHL jerseys. So it's like if I went and got a Leafs jersey and put my last name on the back mm. with like 34. I think it's a tough look. Like, do we? Yeah. It's only, a tough look, right? We don't one, think that that's unless a thing, like right? a character, like unless like, like I might go get a jersey. Made you might up, get a chippy like jersey. A mojo on right? the back or something you like that. You might get a chippy jersey, yeah. Well, like yeah, Dangle I, unless has you have, like, a character, angle. Like, but it's a tough look. Yeah, you can't get your own yeah. name on the The back only reason I have one like that is the old Leafs jerseys, and it was gifted to me as a kid. Right. So it's, I don't wear child. it anymore. You were a child. Yes. Yeah, the answer is it's a tough look. It's a tough look. <laughs> I, okay, because, like, Dangle has it, but it's his character. Like, yeah, he's Steve Dangle. Chippy, you got it. You could put Mojo on the back. I don't. Yeah, Mojo. I'll go Mojo on the back. If I'm going on a date, like let's say I meet some dude on Hinge, which <laughs> I'm already scared. This is already bad, right? Yeah, let's say I meet some guy on Hinge. Top. We're going to the Leaf game. Yeah, it's a tough look. Mm. We're going to the say... Leaf game. He shows up wearing a Leafs jersey, 16 on the back, his last name. Yeah, pretend that you didn't like see auto... him. Yeah, it's yeah, that's an ego thing. We got to go, yeah, right? It's too much ego. It's way too much ego, yeah. You didn't play. No. Oh, yeah. That's like showing up to to the bar and he already had a a drink but it was like you didn't even know what you wanted <laughs> you oh, just yeah. turn around unless, and leave unless he has like a good explanation like a funny reason like yeah I, he just I, like plays into the ego or it's like yeah. i'd say a jersey like that like if maybe if you wear it at home to cheer on your squad or like you want to feel like you're a part of the team or something but it's like you don't wear it out you know what maybe you're manifesting being on the leaves like i don't know but yeah. like i think the best thing you could say is oh yeah matthews gave this to me <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, like they gave you a like, customized jersey. I, I've been sent custom jerseys, and they'll put like Coach Jeremy right on the back, tough. and I'm like, ah. okay, that's different though, because like but that's it's, your. It's still tough. I still, it's I still feel weird. I don't think I could do it. I don't think I, I feel. I don't know that I could wear that in public. That's though. what I'm saying. I feel weird because like they're like, oh, like welcome to the Leafs. Like I've been invited to the Leafs game, mm-hmm. and they got a jersey and it says Coach Jeremy on the back. I'm like, oh, cool, but I'm like, 
I don't really want to sit with it and then just have Coach Jared, like everyone behind me I know is looking at. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not a big ego guy. So for yeah. me, I'm like, just like throw a number eight on there. That's my hockey number, sure. Mm-hmm. But I'll throw a mojo on the back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, like I'll have like a, a saying funny, or a funny saying or like a. Yeah. Like I think if you, it, I honestly, I think it'd be hilarious if you put toe drag release on the back of a jersey. Yeah, like yeah. I would simply die laughing immediately. But yeah, like I <laughs> think I see guys and there's like, oh, I feel weird wearing another grown man's name on. Yeah my like on my back i'm like so you thought that you should just put your own name there (laughs) what there's a narrative out there that uh you shouldn't wear someone's jersey that's younger than you so like you're only allowed to wear like i could wear a wendell clark jersey because he's or a sundean because like i as a kid oh i've never heard of cheering for him right but i shouldn't throw on like a bedard jersey because it's like i'm an adult wearing like a kid's name you know what i mean Mm. Interesting. Oh my God. <laughs> it, it was Instead, you're going to get your own name. Like, No, what? I wouldn't get my own name. No, I would not. Speaking of <laughs> a Bedard jersey, there was a guy walking around with the Montreal Bedard jersey on. What? Because they, they got it a bit early before the draft. Oh, my God. Or the Montreal right jersey, too. Oh, I was sitting, yeah. I was, with, I was with Vancouver for that draft. We were in the sweep. The guy with the right jersey, we were there when the NHL cameras came up to like get his shot. Mm-hmm. When they drafted Slavkovsky, this guy was so <laughs> angry. Like, he was beside himself. And I couldn't figure out if it was because they didn't take right or if it was because he it wasn't like it had a fight strap and everything. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like he paid four hundred bucks for this jersey. Yeah. And he's like, that's so tough. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's, yeah, that's rough. Stuff. Tough luck for sure. Did you do a model for that draft year? For, right? Like, did you have him going five? I did have a model for that yeah. draft year um, because I actually did. That's the year I did my thesis, like oh, my okay. master's of analytics. Mm. So my entire thing, I had, I went back a lot of teams. They'll go back like three years. I decided to go back 15 because apparently I'm a lunatic and <laughs> kind of look. And looking back at it, there were definitely places where my model was wrong, but then there were definitely places where it was like, I, I nailed that right kind of thing. So it's, it's a good opportunity. The way I look at it is I never look at it and be like, I was right. haha, Or like, I was wrong. What a dummy. I'm like, okay, where did it go right? Where did it go wrong? And are there patterns so that I can kind of fix that moving mm-hmm. forward? So I feel like I was a little bit higher on right than mm-hmm. I should have been, but I was also like perfectly on point to say that logan cooley oh yeah should be in consideration for the first overall pick right and i was not a big slavkovsky fan like at all no, i'm a big uh much. david yurichek fan simon yeah. nemich fan yeah. but to me cooley was quite clearly head and shoulders above them yeah. and i feel like that's going to over time prove itself to be correct like then there were like other it. things right like shane wright probably shouldn't have been the first guy uh, right so. interesting yeah it's uh, all a learning process yeah, never ending. Exactly. I think that would be the most fun thing is to create a model and then test it against data that you already know the answer to, right? To that's I like, do that all the time. So when I created uh, my current model, the one that um, I've been using just like the past few weeks, what I did was I created it and pretended that the 2020 or 2022-23 season hadn't happened yet. So last season, right? I basically created it and then I ran it. I simulated an entire season, every single game, to test like the accuracy because I knew what the results were. And when it came out, I think it was like 84% accurate in like the first couple of games. And then 
Um, it and then it goes up. So now then it gets to within like ninety six. Wow, um, that's it's crazy. Called, like, the more the more times you run it, the more accurate that it gets. I'm, basically, I'm so the more information you feed it, the more accurate it gets. Mm-hmm. And so when it got to that, I felt comfortable saying, "Okay, I feel like I could predict this season with it." Right. And so now I'm doing that, and I'm consistently like tracking it. I'll send you guys a screenshot of the chart, but yeah. like I'm consistently tracking its accuracy because theoretically speaking, it should get more accurate every single game that every single team plays and it should be more than 90% accurate at about game five. I'm so we're talking like game five. Wow. I was thinking more like game uh, 15, maybe. <laughs> I'm so happy we had this conversation because I'm about to put up a second mortgage on my house <laughs> and just take all that money and uh, we're just going to run your model on a private server. Is there, is there an index fund for uh, Rachel's model here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's sell, no index on eyes. I'm going to sell my mom's house. I'm going to sell my dad's house. I'm just get, I need cash right now. Again, this is not financial advice. Not, no, don't yeah. do that. Yeah. I'm going to, but you don't. Yeah. But yeah, no, I named, I named my, all of my models have human names now because they use AI. So what I've done is like, I don't know how familiar you guys are with like the math behind it, but there's like different things, right? You could do like linear regression. You can do decision trees. You can do mm. that. Or you can do what's called the neural network which is effectively, it mimics the human brain. So I take in information and like all the information I take in, my brain takes it into consideration and I, it helps me make decisions. The more info you have, the better your decisions will be. The neural link? Neuralink? That's going to be a chip that goes right in the back of your neck and just controls (laughs) your brain for you. I've I've heard those terms before, but haven't Decision even tree. Um, i heard about that i remember that linear regression yeah I, i've heard some of those words i remember those well. courses i was taking let's let rachel keep on hey. going <laughs> yeah so that's so it's a neural network model so it basically like mimics the brain so i was like you know what it'd be kind of fun to give my models human names mm-hmm. so now when i refer to my models because the hockey one came out looking like the guy from like the chicken from up and his name's kevin Model's name's Kevin. Okay. Right. See what Kevin has to say. Right. And then like the the uh the football model's name's Chad because somebody yeah. was like Chad Bradford. Yeah. Somebody mm-hmm. was just like Chad like Brad Chadley, Chad Bradford, just yeah. like dude bros. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? That's what we're calling it. So it's just they all have human names. That way I can just refer to them instead of just saying my model. Can't wait for it like... to turn into Giga Chad. So are you using AI then to like code this stuff? Uh Chat so GPP? I actually do the coding. The AI part just does the automated kind of like ingestion of the data so that I don't have to sit there and like do it manually. Mm-hmm. Um, so so what, basically what I do GPT now is... Or is there another like these other... No, no, no. Like I, I oh, coded the AI. The myself. AI is, yeah. so the, is oh, the you coded neural... the AI. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a software. Yeah. It's like machine learning. Yeah. That so you're going to create softwares and then like make them available? Is that... Um, I haven't decided if I'm going to make them available or not because like, so Dom Lustician used to make his model available and then people started like accosting him on the street and yelling at him because they're like, I look at your model and I lose. And Dom's like, I didn't tell you to bet your mortgage payment on that. Like, don't get mad at me. What are you doing? What you're saying is I should take a second mortgage on my house. That's what I'm hearing right now. (laughs) What she's saying is that if you do that and you lose, then she's liable for it. That's what she's saying. Like, could you build like a SaaS, like a software as a service? Like, is that like, could you build something? Yeah, you you can definitely do that. I think what my, that's what I did for the soccer teams. I built it. So what it does is it takes in all the data and spits it out as like a, 
a pretty little dashboard so that somebody who isn't like a big data head can just like click through and be like, okay, well, line up, let's say baseball, right? Baseball is kind of an easy one to go with. Line up optimization. Where should a player play? So instead of me sending them like the code, they would look at it and be like, what the heck is this? Like, what am I supposed to do with this? What I'll do is they'll just see a dashboard where they'll be able to click like optimize lineup and they'll be able to insert pitcher. And so what we do is like you put the pitcher that's pitching and then you put like the bullpen options. Then you put your entire roster there and you go optimize lineup and it'll take into consideration kind of who's hot, who's not, who hits this pitcher better, what the strikeout percentage is, what the barrel percentage is, hard hit balls, like all that kind of stuff. And it'll optimize your lineup to what's going to be best potentially against this pitcher. Is that what the Blue so for Jays hockey, did in that that second game? <laughs> when we took our... I don't know what the Blue Jays did, but it wasn't listening to anything because that was just a trash heap of decisions. Oh, like... my goodness. He was he was throwing heat. He was rolling. And we yeah. took him out because he had I lefties coming did. up or something like that. That's yeah. what I heard. It was I, the... I do think, though, that... That's AI when you drink the dressing and you don't eat the salad. <laughs> your, your question about the software as a service though the end play wouldn't be like to consumers it would be to like gms and front offices so they can better in- uh, here's yeah, the thing you make a watered down version for the you make a watered down version for the civilians and you keep the real <laughs> good stuff for the people with the high rollers and you get yeah. the bag i mean my entrepreneurial- i'm gonna send you guys like what my what kind of d- dashboard stuff i have for hockey because I made this one because I'm the only one that can see it right now. I'm not releasing this to the public yet. I do intend to at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be the only sport that I release much. something to the public for. But basically what I'm doing is making it... I use my sister as a barometer because my sister knows that like Travis Kelsey exists because of Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Right. My sister Same. knows that... Like she knows the Leafs, but she knows Elias Pettersson exists because of his style. Like that's where we're, that's what we're talking about mm-hmm. here. So if I put this chart in front of my sister, this dashboard, I need her to be able to tell me what it's saying. Right. And that's if I can great. get her to say that, then I know that it works. That's a practice that I've used many times in uh, like app and web development. You just, you use the person that knows nothing about right. it to, to learn from. Yeah. 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 You gotta, <laughs> Battle be, like, you gotta be able to explain it in... Like the, the salad, like that's like that's how you know you understand. Actually, understand it is when you can like use an analogies that everyone can understand. Is your sister a super genius like you? Uh, my sister's actually smarter than me. What? Um, she wants to work for the UN. Like she's see, I use my brain for gambling. She uses her brain to be like, how can we make the world a better place? So, hey, that's not intelligence she, or smartness. That's just how you apply it. Okay, uh, fair. But yeah, so like that's. I mean, I guess software is a service trippy. Like I could probably. I don't know enough about actual software to do that. But I know Hayden and I were talking because. I wanted to get his input on actually like I don't build websites I objectively suck at that like it would probably look like a dollhouse kind of thing like if you just had somebody scribble something that's mm-hmm. probably what it would look like whereas Hayden's really good at it so I'm like if I give you my model and say can you make this pretty oh, oh boy gonna make <laughs> it could, all like I could try <laughs> my, my entrepreneurial mind is just running right now and you can make a boatload of money if you like protect that model and people pay a certain amount because people want to win fantasy sports you know <laughs> people want that information they're not we don't have you. daily fantasy here and it's so upsetting i know they took I it away i'm in the states i 
love daily fitness. Yes, that was my I'm favorite like, thing. Yeah. <laughs> I have a thing in my football model. That's like, I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I'm investing right now. There's a shark tank. It's like, <laughs> no, like, you, you we'll market it. You, yeah. you, you put this uh, very valuable information, and people will pay a pretty penny in the United States. They love their. Mm-hmm. I mean, I. Oh man, yeah, like the daily <laughs> fantasy stuff in the U.S. Like, I work with a guy on like a an NFL show that he makes. He's made like five million bucks playing daily fantasy because all of our models optimize. So like. I'll show you guys, but I have my football model. Not that I can do it here, but I have people in the U.S. that are interested in doing it. So I'll create a daily fantasy lineup optimization for football because right. it's kind of easy to do for football. Yeah. And they just like I just take a percentage of their winnings. I'm just oh, like just give me a percentage of your winnings. That's amazing. Like, <laughs> You're just getting royalties. You're oh smart. Goodness. You're hey. smart. You gotta you gotta keep on. There's so many opportunities for you right now. You got to keep on going after all of these, right? And then just cherry pick the ones that are like the most passive for you and uh, keep on just crushing it. Yeah, you, you got a bright future. Oh. Your, your sister's going to save <laughs> the world. Oh, you're going to be living in a yacht. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're going to be on a PJ. Yeah, PJ to your private island. <laughs> We're going to be buzzing on a yacht in like the French Riviera based go. on, on like the models. That. That's the goal. Dream big. I'm, it's go. my champagne. With Kevin. We'll bring Here's Kevin. Hey. There we go. We'll bring Kevin and Chad. Kevin gets a drink. <laughs> By then, it'll be Kevin, Giga Chad. Kevin gets the buffet as well. <laughs> All right. Well, it's it's we're leading to two hours into this uh, talk, so I Jeez. think we should probably let you get a little red light therapy and a cold plunge or something before you know. Yeah. Um. I I honestly thought like Hayden's like yeah we're bringing on Rachel you're like stats girl I was like oh we're gonna talk about stats okay might I had no I I thought it might be a little dry this was probably one of the most fascinating. Uh, podcast that we've done like, yeah thanks a lot for coming on i, I could Unreal. talk for another six hours mm-hmm. is, all right thanks we'll have to have you yeah, on like again in the future so much fun you guys are I, I love you guys like all the content you guys make is just like it's so sick so i was when hayden was like do you want to come on i was like what yes <laughs> is chippy gonna be there that's what she said first yeah yeah and then like oh and, and jeremy is mason gonna be there too <laughs> <laughs> no okay yeah so <laughs> we hang on a minute so when i was i got it i've always wanted to tell you this jeremy so yeah. when i was battling i want to say like a couple years ago when you originally put out that mason video like the first one i was in like a bad spot mentally like just battling i hated hockey like i had gone through like a really tough time my best friend sent me this video and he's like i know it's hockey but i need you to watch this and that video was what turned it around and i was like okay i'm gonna try again so your kiddo is actually might be responsible for like kevin existing wow wow so some royalties going your way that eh? (laughs) i mean i didn't want to say it right away because like i wanted to just like take on that's a very positive that's amazing yeah that's awesome wow yeah Yeah, so that 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 stuff like i i just love it and then like i found i found chippy on tiktok like i hated tiktok because i was like i think this is the most toxic crap ever i agree i don't like and then i got into like finding actual creators that are funny as hell and i'm like okay this this is what i'm here for right and so that's how yeah like it's i find being around like you guys and like interacting with you guys like that's the positive part of hockey you don't it makes you forget that there's like a bunch of degenerate crap happening outside (laughs) of it so it's just like just makes hockey enjoyable and i mean hey if you've got a son that 
think everyone thinks is super cool like take advantage of it <laughs> you know what's funny so like i always my, my whole uh thing for making my videos is like i'm trying to make hockey better and or not like make hockey better but it's just like i always wanted to help how can i help someone you know make them laugh help them improve their game i'm always trying to find like the positive side of things right um so yeah. like that video i just saw mason like chatting with his coach and like talking and like not really doing anything not none of the drills out there and i'm like what is this kid saying because he was four <laughs> and he would just say the most ridiculous things to me i'm like what is going on inside your head right <laughs> so i'm like he must be just saying some ridiculous stuff out there um so i'm i've got all the camera gear i'm just gonna throw a mic on him and and see what he's saying it was for my own personal interest basically and then i'm like well if I mic him up, I might as well record it too, just in case, right? So I'll bring the camera out, and I was like, I was, I just wanted to see. I was just curious. It wasn't yeah. supposed to be a YouTube video because I had no idea, and uh, yeah, I just started running through the the audio, and I'm just sitting there dying there laughing in my chair, and I'm like, all right, I'll throw this on YouTube, and I I just thought like it'll be funny to hockey players, yeah, you know, like it'll be it'll make a few hockey players laugh. And I did not think that it was going to be as viral and as crazy as it was, but I'm very happy to hear that. And like the, the comments in it was so overwhelmingly positive. Mm -hmm. People on the internet just are so good at finding one thing and making it toxic, you know, like, yeah, but there was none of that in the comments. It was just people, the only, like, it was so hard to find a negative comment. It was one person like, Oh, way to exploit your son. He didn't give you permission. This is a major breach <laughs> like, of privacy. I am in charge of him. Like, yeah, yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> That was the only thing. It's like a major breach of privacy. It's like, okay, this person's psychotic. Yeah, if it was else. on TikTok, it would have been uh, taken down right away because uh, it was a kid. Oh, true. <laughs> no, but it was like, those are the types of videos where it's like, I'm sending out that positivity. So yeah, that's, that's amazing to hear that like it had an impact in your life. Like to hear that like, on a personal level. That's cool. Yeah, that's the dopest I like thing. That. I think that's the dopest Thank thing. As a what a great way to end the pod. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no problem. Yeah. We'll, we'll but thanks for having up. me on, boys. I had a ton of fun. No problem. Yeah, I appreciate you coming you're, on. You're getting an instant follow on uh, on, on all the socials because oh. you're about to you're about to take off. I, I know there's there's some interesting. She's already flowing. Out. She's already I'm absolutely. Saying. Yeah, yeah. Thanks I, a lot. I've never followed any analytics or data because I'm like I'm, I'm Wayne Gretzky back there. Stats are for nerds, you know? but no, now I'm interested. <laughs> I'm invested. You converted them. Good yep. job. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> w. Yeah. Double using the chat. All right. All thanks right. so much for joining us. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rachel. Have a good rest of your night or day. Gonna change the world with my hockey stick. Gonna make a real difference. Feed the poor and heal the sick. Oh,